What's going on, drinking buddies? Ah, oh, how's the apocalypse treating you? You're washing your hands? You're staying away from people? Are you listening to this podcast on public transportation? You rebel you. Or are you doing it right? You're buying dirt cheap airfare, seeing the world, fuck the plague. Well, no matter how you're spending the apocalypse, I'm thankful you're here with us. And so are our sponsors. So let's hear from them real quick. This week, we are brought to you by the video versions of And Now We Drink. The video versions are available on Vimeo at www.andwd.net slash videos. They're 99 cents an episode or $6 a month. We'll get you all the episodes streaming. Seeing the madness in full HD just brings a whole nother level to the show. Show me some love in the possible quarantine future by uh, buying a video episode or two. We are also brought to you by our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is a record of the month club. The best damn record of the month club. In fact, every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. Each record is pressed exclusively for Vinyl Me Please and has features you can't get anywhere else. Things like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, and comes packaged with Albert-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipe. Awesome vinyl, some new art, Cocktail recipes, win, 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 win. And Vinyl Me Please isn't like Record of the Month Clubs of Old. It's month to month, no strings attached, cancel any time. So sign up today at www.joinvmp.com slash A-N-W-D. We are also brought to you this week by our friends at Laughable, the OG sponsor. Laughable is the number one comedy podcast app on iOS and Android. Download it in the App Store today. Download it in the Google Play Store. It is amazing. Not only can you subscribe to your favorite podcast, you can subscribe to your favorite podcasters, comedians, and other personalities. Whenever they make an appearance on the show, boom, right there in your feed. So download Laughable today and find funny. My guest this week is comedian Trevor Kevlo. Trevor comes back for another appearance. You know, just catch up. Talk about comedy, substance abuse, what it takes to make it in Hollywood. We have a good time with it. So sit back, relax. Pop a cold one, wash your hands, and enjoy drinking buddies. What the fuck's going on? How are we? Oh, we don't want the honest <laughs> answer on that shit. Oh, we? that's right. We talked for an hour before this. Man, I'm good. I'm, I'm golden. Yeah. Woo. I am really good. I'm, I'm approaching my two year sobriety. I know. That's why you fucking make me do this in the middle of the day with no alcohol. I know. <laughs> like, I'm like, ugh. I think I when I did your show, I was like just a few months in or something. Yeah, pretty yeah. close to it. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely under a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, what fuck? Um, 28th is my two years so it's been a wild fucking ride man yeah no one stabbed you recently uh no (laughs) (laughs) i do walk with a limp (laughs) no i'm kidding no one stabbed me recently hey that was just rough sex that wasn't fucking a stat well it could have been a stabbing i don't know what kind of rough sex you're into you know i think people stopped stabbing me because my comedy i'm not gonna lie has gotten a little better 
it's gotten a little better. But then again, you know, um, I, I made a, I made this, I had this joke about how I was like, oh, I think I really figured out who, who stabbed me. It was my, my sister, uh, sent someone after me because she hates me so much. I'm not allowed to talk about my sister though on podcast anymore. That's what she said in an email. So I can't talk about her. You're going to follow her rules? No. I followed her rules my, my entire life. She would set the rules in her family, even though she's younger than me, and I'm number five. But, uh, yeah. that was How the fun. fuck does that work? I actually brought her up early in this episode because uh, I, did a po- I did another podcast uh, right before the holidays, and uh, 93 minutes into the episode, I brought her up, and um, the episode went for an hour and 45 minutes, and she emailed me when I was in town and uh, told me not to talk about her in a public forum because I expressed my, my unliking of whatever, uh, of something, a choice she made. And I just didn't like it. And, but I also ended it with, you know, to each their own people are going to do what they want, but I just disagreed with it. And that was it. That was it. And then she sent me this email and, you know, kind of went off about it and got into detail about other stuff. And I was a psych and I was like, "Eh, yeah, you know, you have, you have your right to your opinion and what you want. And so do I. So I figured if she decides to listen to this, it's up front and uh, I'm going to do what I want because it's my life. And, uh, she's not the fucking boss of you. Exactly. Yeah. No one is except for me. Even my boss isn't my boss. I'm my bone boss. So, um, that's for you. (laughs) That's for you, sis. (laughs) Love ya. Nah, I wouldn't go that far. Nah, she's. We don't like each other. We just we're just, we're family. You know, it's not like our our relationship was terrible. You know, growing up, it's like it, we fought a lot, but we were also. She's the only girl in my family, and there's there there were seven of us. My brother passed away in in August, and other six. So, um, she was the only girl. So, but I was above her, like age wise, and. I think, you know, that's why we fought a lot because we're close in age and, you know, we dated each other's friends and all that stuff. And we had the same group of friends and it was, you know, it was that kind of like. So your sister has definitely had your penis described to her, huh? I hope not. You sure one of her girlfriends hasn't? Possibly, yeah. There's a few of them that I'm. I mean, that might have been the riff. She heard what your your dick looks like. There you have it, folks. I figured it out <laughs> right it here. Out. That's it. I'm done. I can go to sleep now. I'm, you know, day's over for me. I was like, I peaked at uh, you know, twelve thirty on a Tuesday. Time to go to bed. <laughs> like my day is over. Feel free to use that in your act, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> no. If she's out there listening, which her husband will, I do love her, but I just don't like her. So, um, yeah. So, anything else cool to talk about? Oh, yeah. No, podcast is over. Cool. All right. Well, that was fun. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you for doing <laughs> the micro and now we drink where we do not drink. Yeah. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Trevor Kevill. I'm a comedian. If you I, haven't figured out. I do the fucking intros before you get on air. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like, this is a professional. I don't know show. what's in this coffee, but I legit have been sober for almost two years. I don't know what they put in it. Maybe it was the oat milk. Oat oh, milk. Really? Oh, yeah. Fucking yuppie. Dude, oat milk tastes great. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry. Oh, you know, I thought of something. I now call vegan diet the healthy AIDS. Because everyone that goes vegan looks like they're on AIDS, but they're healthy, kind of. But they, like, lose their muscle mass because they're not eating animals anymore. 
and I look at him like, you look healthy, but you look like you kind of whittling away into like a fragment of what you were in a previous life. You know, I'm a vegan, right? That's a fucking lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> there was no hesitation on that. Like, nope. You fucking liar. Hey, how do you know that I didn't go vegan for some woman? I was going to. You might have gone vegan today because you haven't eaten, but. No, I had ribs. <laughs> ribs for breakfast i did I had yes <laughs> i had leftover ribs and blackberries for breakfast it's so midwest <laughs> people in la do not have ribs in the morning well i maybe different parts of la different parts of la but yeah, yeah I, I reheated my ribs from last night i was gonna make eggs with it like ribs and eggs for oh breakfast. that sounds fucking good actually that barbecue sauce on the eggs Ooh, where were the ribs from uh this new spot called western barbecue on like beverly and western i've heard of that i was over there that's why oh you've you've been there I, well, I ordered takeout. Okay. You, did you check in there on Instagram? Maybe a couple weeks ago. No, there's another rib place then that you were, that you were on. You were talking about that was really fucking good. Uh, I mean, I go to Bledsoe's pretty often. Maybe that's what it was. Okay. Bledsoe's. That makes sense. So okay. have you been to Harold's yet since they opened? By nope. the way, I had never big, never big, and uh, I was never a big fan of Harold's in Chicago. Out. I Get know. Get the fuck out. I know. Do you want to know why you should go to Harold's? Even if you're not a big fan of the chicken? What is it? They have pizza puffs. All right. I'm going to Harold's after this. I'm not even fucking kidding. We talked about the pizza puff thing out here and how like no one has pizza puffs. Yeah. They legit have pizza puffs. It's such a simple fucking recipe to make. It's basically like a, like a, just a killer calzone. Well, that's the thing. You know, nobody actually makes them in Chicago. One place manufactures them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were everywhere. They had that town on fucking lockdown. I remember going to uh, Mardi Gras on Stone Park. I think it was Mardi Gras or Shaboom. And it was like, and they sold them. And that was a, that was a four, five, six a.m. bar. They were open super late. The, all the uh, strippers from scores would come in after four. And that's when that place would, would light up is between four and six a.m. Cause all the strippers would come in drunk, coked out and party. And then there's this place called carries that would open up at six or eight a.m. And everybody would go there after they're just on a fucking roll. This is before I even tried Coke. And I was like, oh, this is a lot of fun. Try Coke, did Coke. Let's be honest here. Um, <laughs> I did. I only did Coke for three years, though. Only three years. Only three years. People make me out in Chicago as some sort of monster. Like I was like, that has nothing to do with the cocaine. Yeah, uh, that's just me. Yeah. yeah. I got such a weird reputation from it. I'm like, oh, I think it's because I was so open about it. People hate that because cocaine's one of those like, a lot of people are like closet cokeheads and don't want anyone to know. And then they know that you're coke and they're like, hey, what are you doing? Dude, give me a blast in the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I'm like, yeah, I'm with my kids. And they'll say, oh, that's why. Just be yourself. Be yourself. Be a cokehead. Yeah. Pit, pitch that script. Yeah. Like, v have you seen that Instagram uh, account, Vegan Cokehead? No, I haven't. Uh, it's fucking funny. It's just like goofy meme, meme, meme account, whatever, but vegan cokehead it's just like oh that describes la you know and two words combined to one vegan cokehead so so many people are amazed when i'm like i don't do coke yeah because well, i think because you're up late you can I mean, you're you're a chicago drinker you could fucking drink to four we're used to drinking to four in the morning out here that there's no the only thing oh the only thing open past 2 a.m out here the, the illegal speakeasies chicago there was like 5 a.m bars on saturdays 5 a.m yeah there's some bars downtown that were 5 a.m and then like i said stone park there was late night bars and then places that were grandfathered in opened up at like 
6, 7, 8 a.m., I think. There are definitely 6 a.m. openers. Yeah, so, you know... And out here, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to pass a lot of for bar some to have a license to be open till four a.m. serve serve till four a.m. I'm like, so you can serve till four, but you can open at six. So there's like literally two hours where there's no drinking. Breakfast. Yeah, I'm like, that doesn't. I remember I was talking to a, uh, a detective about. It. I'm like, why don't you just stay open twenty four hours? And it's pointless. Like just. But they're like, oh, well, we can sell a license, and then the bars that want to stay open until four can if they pay more. And I'm like, I was like, you know what that means, dude. I was just like, more people drinking and doing coke on the road. That's what I straight up looked at them in the face and said that. No, it just means more money for Uber drivers. Touche. Touche. I'm pretty sure that like <laughs> drinking and driving has gone down significantly. I don't, I hope it has. I really do. I don't know. I'd like to look at the numbers. Yeah. All I know is like, I could never imagine drinking and driving and living in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, God. Like, how many people died from that shit? I know. It's fucking wild, man. Because I'm sure back in the day, you know, no cabbie was like, oh, yeah, I'll go to the hills. I'm like, how the fuck do you get out of the hills to start your night? Yeah. Fuck that. I mean, you got enough money. Just rent a driver. Buy one. Like, pay your friend not to drink. You know? Get your own cliff booth. Yeah. <laughs> Here's 500 bucks for the night. Don't fucking do anything but drink coffee and or monster. That's it. Do a couple bumps. It's fine. That's okay. Yeah. It'll keep you wide awake on the yeah, road. And that shit gets out of your system in like a day or something or two. It cleans right out. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's weird that the cleanest drug stays in your system the longest, which is weed. You know? Yeah. And that's the hilarious part. It's like when companies were drug testing when weed was completely illegal, it's like, really, we're just testing you for weed because. If you're a heroin addict, you're probably not functional enough to come in for this job. Or alive, yeah. <laughs> and if you're a cokehead, it will burn out of your system so fast yeah. that we'll never catch it. Yeah. That shit's in and out quick. But, man, you feel it for days, especially the stuff out here. Ugh. Horrible. I mean, as I said, I'm not a fan of coke, but while I was in Colombia, I was definitely drinking coca tea and, like, chewing leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and even that was just, like fucked up my levels like when i got back to the states i'm just like why am i so depressed fuck <laughs> why do i hate my life oh yeah because i'm not surrounded by beautiful colombian women and my dollar goes fucking miles yeah no shit man but you're like getting like pure stuff like if you're getting anything out there it's gotta be just like right off the plant you know i mean i didn't get any powder i literally they sell bags of leaves and you just chew on it and you get a yeah. buzz oh that's cool and then not for me but it's still cool the leaves come in tea bags like too. you can just yeah. make hot tea with it well, it's also what is legal and illegal here is like a whole different story in other countries you know we're so like manufactured to think and believe a certain way that it's like you leave and you're like wait like throwing your cigarette on the ground is wrong oh it's totally cool in, in america but you go to china or i think it's japan they have like these little these little like uh purses for your cigarette butts well they don't litter there in japan also it is japan yeah you can't smoke on the street. Oh, that might be part of it, too. Like, when we were there, one of my buddies is like, we're just walking down the block, and he's smoking, and like someone very politely comes up and like, you can't smoke here. So it's illegals who just smoke on the street. Oh, no shit. I've never been there. So I'm you, But it's perfectly legal to smoke indoors almost anywhere. Yeah, and they do. Yeah, you go to restaurants, you go to fucking and they just, bars, just, just people just fucking railing away on their cigarettes. Yeah, it's <laughs> the polar opposite of here, where like 
No, you can't smoke inside anywhere here. It's smoke everywhere outside. See, that's what I'm saying. It's so strange. And that's the beauty of fucking travel. You get yeah. to experience other fucking cultures and like, oh, maybe America doesn't do everything the best. Yeah. I have never traveled out of the country because I don't consider Windsor, Canada out of the country. It's just an extension of like Detroit college scene. Yeah. There's legal you know, hotel hookers, but that's about it. Yeah. I was always scared. Because stuff that happened with my family and myself in the past that I was like literally scared, and then I that I got in my head so much about that that I was like, ah, it's because you know, there's something. What a family member get robbed by a hooker? No, my my dad had uh, he passed away recently, right after my brother. What a weird, yeah, it's a weird combo. It's like I do this this bit in my stand up how I get mad at my brother because he died before my dad, and I'm like, no, dad's been dying for years. He's supposed to go first. He's selfish prick. You had to die before dad. You're so you guys hated each other that much. Who's next in the Kevlo death pool? Anyways. Um, well, my cousin died the, the day my dad died. A cousin. Yeah. But I found out about it the next day and I was literally so numb from my dad dying. Even though I knew my dad was dying, I was so just kind of like emotionally exhausted, but at the same time relieved that my dad was like finally at rest and that I, I get a message that one of my cousins I've known for 20 years, he's, by marriage, but he was still totally fucking family. He passed away in an accident the night, the same night my dad died. And I'm just like, uh, I didn't even know how to feel. Like, man, that sucks. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know how to feel because I'm, I'm so drained from, I could still was grieving my brother's death in August. And then a few months later, my dad dies. And I'm just like, and then I find out the next day. And I'm at work, of course, in the morning dealing with a bunch of drunk fuckholes. And I'm like, oh, I get the text from my cousin that one of my cousins passed. I'm like, and everyone's like, it always comes in threes. And I'm like, in your family, really? Like, every family comes in threes? I'm like, come on. It's three people. Like, if you do enough looking around and people are constantly dying. But I'm like, my family it was like literally three people in, within a few months. So really uh, interesting end to the year for me. So, but. Uh, yeah, 2019 lasted forever. Yeah, it did. Isn't it weird that January is like three or four months long? I know. I uh, what is that? I came into 2020 like I got this bitch by the balls. Yeah. Oh, 2020 is gonna be my fucking year, and then like 15 days in, I'm like, nope. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. just nope. Fuck myself. You're checking at the comedy store with that girl. Oof. She's, yeah. yeah. She's she's really cute, by the way. So I get it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I tend to try to punch above my weight class when it comes to you know, attractive women. Yeah. I remember when I saw that too. Back in January, I was like, ooh. She's really cute. Then he told me a story, and I'm like, oh, she's really cute. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what, what can I say? Yeah, I mean, you're a man. I have a type. Part of that is damaged. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone out here's type is, is somewhat damaged. Like, I've been on Bumble for a couple months now, and I've probably had... 30 conversations and i've yet to meet one woman i tried to meet a couple and then i like one of them i just ended up just like jerking off and i was like i don't want to meet her now you uh, jerked off to her bumble photo no 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 i jerked off and i was like eh, i'm no longer interested oh it would have been funnier if you're just like yeah, that's a hot photo just that was a different girl she's with i'm legitimately i i still have it within an hour of matching with a, a girl on bumble it was right before new year's that's, I think, when I got Bumble again. Right before New Year's, I matched with this girl, not attractive at all to me. But I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just trying to get myself back out there because I haven't dated in so long. And I legit, in an hour, she starts sending me nudes. 
topless photos, her playing with herself with a vibrator, like sexting me and everything. And I'm like driving around somewhere and I'm like with a, with a chub. I'm like, do I, do I just beat off in a Ralph's parking lot? Because this is getting fucking hot. I mean, if it's the rock and roll Ralph's, we won't be the only one. This is true. (laughs) And I'm just like, I'm like, how are men pigs when this, I did not ask for them. And we were just alluded to that. And she's like, what do you like? And I'm just like talking dirty and she's talking back. And then she sends a picture and I'm like, she's like, do you like that? I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I like boobs. I love boobs. You know, I'm a boob guy. I'm an old school eighties guy, you know? And it was like, all of a sudden she's just sending me pictures. Like I said, not attractive, nice rack. But I was like, and then she just stopped. And then she's like, oh, I'm going away for a week. Um, she's going to, uh, was it not Austin? Um, I don't know, somewhere in Nashville for a week. I was like, okay. And then she gets back and then she's like, I'm getting off Bumble. Uh, I'm done with this app. Here's my number if you want to call me. And I'm like, that's so fucking weird. Like, that's like a power move. I was like, no, I'm like, I'm sticking to Bumble. I'm not giving you my number. I don't know who you are. You're sending me nudes and playing with yourself. It's actually kind of cool. I'm not dissing it. And then she leaves. She comes back, you know, a week later. I didn't take her number. And then she gets back on Bumble and messages me. And I'm like, this is fucking strange. Like, you're, this is bizarre behavior. Like, she's like, oh, I guess you don't want my number. I'm like, uh, well, I'm kind of confused on what's going on here. And then she deleted it. And then she, we, she wanted to go out. We kind of made half as plans. I just was, wasn't interested because of all the strange behavior. I'm like, I got enough fucking issues in my life. And then she deletes her Bumble. And guess what? About five days later, she has a new account. And I came across her. And of course, I swiped right. And I'll let her know that I fucking know. And I'm like, there's something wrong with this chick. Like, it's, I'm, I dodged a bullet there. You know? Oh, but that could be your first baby mama. I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> come on couldn't you just imagine having her in your life for the rest of your life no i actually there's a big part of me not big uh, there's a part of me that thinks i'm shooting blanks so um high five i think so too yeah i've had sex with a good amount of women unprotected i'm clean by the way if there's any women out there that are interested in one of us um i'm clean uh i don't know if i i'm am. clean this is my dating tape matt yeah <laughs> Yeah. We're on camera, so Trevor's like looking straight at the camera, yeah. like, so, so uh, hi, I'm Trevor Kevlo. I'm a comedian. Yeah. I'm clean. I don't know why I'm doing this bit for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a car now, so I drive. I have an Audi. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I did it. I did. I promise. Why'd you get the fucking Audi, by the way? Because I, I told, well, here's the story is in 2013, I was back, this is when I was back home, and it's, I'm actually from Naperville, Lyle Bolingbrook, West Suburbs of Chicago. So, the viewers out there that know Chicago, I'm not from Chicago, from the suburbs. I was uh, running a big bar in the suburbs. Uh, my girlfriend was living with me, and I was just like, one day I had like a really heavy epiphany, and I was just like, one day I want to be, it was 2013, so one day I want to be living in LA, driving an Audi, black A5, two-door tents, and and, and living the LA life, and, and doing what I want to do with my life, not what people think that I should do or want me to do. And I told myself that, and I would I would talk to my dad about it a lot. And I told him there's only two cars I want when I get my shit together. One of them, I was either a Tesla or an Audi, and that was it. And um, my dad died in was it no November 22nd, and I went back in December for his memorial and for you know holidays and birthday stuff for my my mom and my niece. And I came back into town. 
And I'd been looking at Audis for a long time and I saw one and I went and saw it and I sat in it and I, and it just wrapped around me, like kind of like the Batmobile. I sat in it and it wrapped around me and I go, this is it. This is the car. It was like, my dad was like, this is it, Trev. So I walked in the dealership. I looked at the finance. I go, I want the car. They're like, uh, and I go, this is what I want to pay for it. This is what I want to do. And I want the car. Let's start the paperwork. And I said, my credit sucks because I have no credit. Never had a car loan. I don't care what it takes. Let me know. At least it's how much it's going to cost. Put down, blah, blah. Okay. Okay. I'll come back with the cash this week. That was it. I was very cut and dry about it. And I got it. And I'm happy. <laughs> really happy because I said I wanted to do it and I did it. So. And you don't have to worry about wrecking a trunk. <laughs> exactly. That was the big thing was, can I, can, can I do this? And my, one of my good friends, Ryan, uh, actually he's from Minnesota, but we grew up in Naperville together. He's out here. He runs uh, a bar in West Hollywood. He's been sober over three years. And after two years, he went out and got himself a nice car because that's what he always wanted. And I'm like, and it was an inspiration. I'm like, yeah, this can be done. You know, I'm like, I'm no longer in that lifestyle, that mentality. I don't do that. I'm going to go treat myself to something and let my dad know that this was, you know, this was like, let him know in the spiritual world that I did it, you know, and I did. So that's a big part of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, if I gave up drinking, I could afford a Porsche. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got an Audi, you know, I'm on the way there. <laughs> and a lot of my booze and drugs was free. So, you know, it's like I was able to, all that money I would spend, I spend on a car now. And I even have plenty left over. So, yeah, I did my profits and losses for the business last year. And yeah, because a lot of my bar tabs go on the business account. As it should. As it should. Yeah. So they're business meetings. Or they're catering for the show. Out here, literally every conversation's a business meeting. I know, it's kind of depressing. Yeah, everything is a write-off out here. I think I read off Oxygen at one point. It's just like, oh, yeah, we're talking about, you know. It's also because they tax the fuck out of you. Well, yeah, and I did my profits and loss. I'm like, holy fuck, I spent a lot of money on booze and food last year. Yeah, that's my problem. I love going out to eat, you know. And it's not, I actually enjoy cooking, and I think I'm pretty good at it. I just really like to go out to eat. It's enjoyable to me. Well, it's enjoyable for me to go out to eat. There's also things that I just can't prepare. Like, I can't make decent ribs here. Yeah, that's true. That's That'd be tough here. Well, yeah. especially because I want them actually, like, low and slow and smoked. Like, yep, and that takes time. I, I'm What, I'm going to set up a smoker in my fucking apartment? That'd be cool. So <laughs> <laughs> the fire department gets called. Yeah. So there's things like barbecue or like Korean barbecue and shit like that. Oh, yeah. That I have to go out into the world with. And like, especially Korean barbecue is social and fun. And yeah. Yeah. It's the experience. I like to go to cool places and experience it and interact with people and just kind of, you know, do whatever. It's, you know, I've, I spent enough time cooking on my own and being, you know, at home. So and being broke for the first couple of years I lived here, I was basically, you know, eating at work. Uh, eating seven eleven dollar trash and just destroying my body and you know buying the cheapest thing available at the grocery store so you know it's the it's a roller coaster of finances out here oh don't i know it yeah shit everyone sees the apartment they're like huh i'm like eh, yeah well i can't afford much else sometimes <laughs> yeah i was telling you earlier how how many hours i got at work and you looked at me like i fucking shat your fucking floor and because it's, I think a lot of people don't see their perception of me is, is, is like, 
oh, you're just constantly working because I'm always at work or I'm always doing something with it. But my actual hours that I get paid for are a fraction of what I'm actually doing. And it's like, you kind of like expected people expect you to do that out here, whether, you know, you're an artist or not, they just expect you to do three times what you're getting paid to do. Oh, I know. I mean, we were talking about that off air with me. It was just like, Holy fuck. Someone's taking care of me. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You fucking deserve it. You earn it. You're good at what you do and you should be, you know, someone should pay you accordingly, you know? And that's my thing. I've always been, I've always said if I could pay people the amount that I want to, I would. I just can't. It's very difficult. Yeah, but every time I've done work for you, you've paid me what you could. That's true. And I've always paid you. You know, that's the other thing. I've never, I don't think I've ever shystered you. I've paid everybody that I, everybody I've ever said I paid out here, I paid in general. But like I've, my club is such a like, it's such an indie club with, and I have zero you know, money to, to pay people. It's whatever I can make off the door. I don't, you know, ha- I have no budget, absolutely no budget. My budget is what I make. And then I create a budget out of that. So if I make $25 at the door, that's what I have to pay myself. And if there's anybody else in the room, thankfully I have a lot of cool comedians and open micers, you know, uh, you know, young, you know, new old metal that will work as interns and like work the door and like work the sound and do stuff essentially, you know, I don't want to say for free, but I give them stage time or I'll buy them a beer or something. So it, it evens out. This is why Trevor just keeps encouraging me to do stand up so he can get me to work for free. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I could pay people, I would, man. Oh, I, I know. I know. I, I'm just busting yeah, your balls. Oh, I know. And, and I mean, I've, I've paid people when they didn't expect it. So it, it makes me happy because I know how much that means to people. And it's tough though. When I have like, 10 comics and 10 people in the room. And I'm like, I'd love to pay everybody here 10 or 20 bucks. I literally made almost nothing at the door. Well, yeah. And I know you only hire me when it's like, well, this is really important. And yeah. And I could pay you. Exactly. That's the thing. And it's one of those things where like, I would love to, in some of those situations, I'd love to help you out for free, but it's generally, I have to walk away from other gigs. Exactly. Yeah. To come work. Yeah. And like the last guy I did for you was the Garland premiere. And it's like, I lost money on that night, but I still wanted to help you out. Yeah. You gave you a little scratch and you got a little food and drink. I mean, it's it's the best I can do. Like, I Oh, said, no, it was great. Yeah. I have zero complaints about it. Yeah. And it was just like one of those things where like, no, I, even if the food and drink wasn't involved, it was still like, I was excited about the night. I wanted to help you out. Yeah. I appreciate that you were able to give me at least something for my time because I yeah. did walk away from another gig to take that. Yeah. And then I probably definitely made it up in bar tab. So. <laughs> Thanks, God. Jeff Garland. Don't don't even tell me how much. <laughs> I don't know how much. Oh boy! <laughs> like I had uh, twenty four old fashions. Oh boy. Oh no! I just drink Makers on the Rocks and right. at the dojo. So. Yeah, Makers. Yeah. <laughs> just like nah, it's every once in a while, like refill. Yeah. yeah, Jeff's a good guy. I'm really happy that we connected. So he did a he did a show. Was it last month? Yeah, he did a show. Um, I flew my mom out for it because I promised her that I, when my, when I told my, right before my dad passed, I told him that uh, what was going on with Jeff Garland and he was so excited and proud of me. And he, but he was, you know, it's just his health was so bad that he didn't have the level, couldn't be excited like physically, but he was like, so like happy. And I told my mom, I go, the, the first time that Jeff Garland performs here, I go, I'm going to fly you out to, to see him perform and you get to meet him and talk to him. And I kept my word. And he was, he, we did a show. Uh, Jeff Garland, Aaron, Aaron Darling, myself, uh, Al B hosted it. And this, uh, 
comedian musician glenn bolton um like did music before the show started and i flew my mom out and everything she stayed with me i got to pick her up in my new car she's all excited and she was such a trooper about it and i was it was made me feel good that i was able to give my mom all this and show her that i'm actually doing something out here not just like stuff you see on facebook because she doesn't have instagram (laughs) and it's like actually show her you know rather than tell her and talk to her and you know see stuff on facebook but actually physically show her and she had an awesome time it was so cool though to like be able to do that and we went to this uh jeff garland's been doing this he's a photographer on the side that's like one of his passions on the you know outside of entertainment and He's got a uh, art exhibit um, of his photography at Leica in West Hollywood, Beverly Hills. And every Saturday at one o'clock, he does this like viewing. You know, he shows all of his photography of, of these pictures he's taken over the years and explains each picture. And every every showcase he does is a little different. And it was so cool because it was packed. There was like 60, about 60 people in there. And he's like, hey, Trev, how are you doing? He comes up to me and he goes, he goes, I want to meet your mother before we get started. I want to make sure I do that. And he comes over, shakes her hand, gives her a hug and a kiss on the cheek. And and he's like, I want to make sure I met you before things got crazy. And it made that that moment was the world to me because he stopped everything. I was like, I want to make sure I do this before if it gets crazy. And that's like, that's the kind of guy, to me, that's the kind of guy he is. I'm like, that, that, that spoke so highly, you know, that action was so high for me. Well, so. it, it shows that like, not all celebrities suck. Yeah. Yeah. And people are going to have interactions that are, are negative with, with celebrities. I'm most of my interactions with everybody that somebody has something negative to say have been positive, you know, a lot of them. And I've, and it's even before I had a, a comedy club, you know, room, whatever you want to call it. Pete, I've. They, I've had mostly positive experiences with people. So some of my celebrity interactions have been kind of negative. Yeah. Uh, and that was due to entitlement on their part, but I've met so many of them just down to earth, cool people too. Yeah. And I think it's how you approach them. If you run up to them when they're in the middle of eating, you know, and say, can I take a picture they They might get annoyed. Well, yeah. Fuck yourself. Don't do that. Yeah. Like have some fucking tact, you know? And I mean, I've, I'm a fucking, in my eyes, I'm a nobody here. Like, I'm just another guy trying to fucking do it out here. But I have a really cool thing. And I've had people approach me, and, you know, and I'm just at a, at a coffee shop having coffee on the phone, and people come up to me and talk to me about, oh, hey, God, the dojo guy, blah, blah, blah. And, and then, like, and I'm always friendly, but there's times where I'm like, I have this, I've been talking about this lately. I have like this PTSD of people asking me for stage time or to do a show. And I, it's starting to like get in my head. Like, so is this a bad time for me to ask you to do a show? Exactly. Fucker. (laughs) (laughs) I literally like, I go into work and I see like some of the comics and their eyes are like, Oh, these he's over there. And then they want to come over and talk. The fucking vultures are circling. Yeah. And I'm like, and I, and I appreciate it. And I, it's a, it's a good problem to have, but there's times some of the tact is just awful, you know, and people will, a lot of people will text me and I won't get back to them right away. And then they're messaging me on social media and I'm or emailing me and I'm like, yo, I got stuff I'm doing too. I can't get back to you. The most important person I always get back to to me is my mother and you know, was my father. But, you know, if I'm on the phone with my mom for an hour, no one's getting shit. No one's getting anything back. So you know, but I've had it. It's been a few times. It's not like it's a lot to be an issue, but I, that's why when I see people that I respect out and about, you know, um, not just 
celebrities, but people I respect are in the industry. I, I'm usually pretty just like I acknowledge them and make eye contact and give them a nod and that's it, you know, but there are c- certain people where it's bizarre. Like I keep running into Adam Scott from parks and rec and it's creepy. Cause I see him all like randomly. Have you asked him if he's stalking you? I am thinking about it. Cause the last time I saw me had a, f- a big beard. I'm like, is he putting on a beard and following me around now? Is he licking his lips when he looks at you? <laughs> it was, it's weird. I've seen him like three times in like in three different places. And like a matter of six weeks, I'm like, were all three of them the dojo? <laughs> no, I wish oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. But uh, no, it's just like to me, it's like I'm a, I'm a become a pretty heavy spiritual person after getting away from the booze and drugs. And it's like to me, I'm like, there's something going on here. Maybe we're supposed to meet. Maybe we're supposed to not. You maybe know, we're supposed to fuck. Maybe we're supposed. To, yeah, maybe we're supposed to bang. You know, maybe we're supposed to frot. I don't know. I mean, who's gonna top who there? <sighs> I don't know. I could power bottom them. I don't right. have much of an ass, but you know, I got good strong legs. You're like, I'll put my hips into it. <laughs> Adam Scott. Yeah. Trevor's into it. Look. Yeah, just hit me up, dude. You know, you I s- mean we could tweet at him right s- now. Slide into my uh, my DMs, bro. We could tweet at him right now. <laughs> I've tweeted at him in the past. Not about this. Well, you should tweet Obviously. at him about being a pot about power yeah. bottom for him. <laughs> yeah. By the way, folks, I I am not a power bottom. Except for Adam Scott. Except for Adam Scott. <laughs> if he's out there <laughs> listening. No, I'm just saying, make your dreams happen. Tweet at him. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's just like I, I think the next time I see him because I know it's going to happen. I'm just going to shake his hand and be like, you know what? I just I love your work. I appreciate you following me. And this asshole's for you. Yeah, <laughs> right here, just right in the culo. right over here, You're right in, in the culo. Get in there. Oh man, come on, Trevor, fuck your way to the top. Yeah, you know I tried. No, I didn't. I had my opportunity. I didn't. Yeah, I'm glad though. You know, I, I, I took those pitches like a, and and I I took the walk instead of hitting a you know hitting a home run. I took the walk. I got on base. Slow a sl- the slow game. You know, I took the slow game instead of going in and and being inappropriate with men. I said, you know what, I'm just gonna take these pitches. Well, and the thing about it is, I'm like the reality is that that shit never happens consensually. No, no, and I'm not gay, so that's been a big part of it. You know. I mean, people still think I am because I paint. I don't paint my toenails. I get my toenails painted because um, I think it's sexy. I just thought it was because you got your asshole waxed. No, that sounds good though. It's a thing, is it? Yeah, even for guys. Oh yeah, straight guys. I don't know about straight guys. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I got a mullet going on. Like it's it's clean up front, but it's party in the back because I can't reach <laughs> back there. Oh man. I don't know. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I've had girls. You can't, have, can't, have, can't have a stranger wax your asshole. I, you know, I see these, I see these like younger women, the millennials, whatever fucking name you want to throw at them talking about eating ass. I'm like, you don't eat ass. You talk about it. You don't actually fucking do it because some of these guys that you're talking about eating ass, you're not eating their ass. I see them. I'm like, they're not eating his ass. You're not. You're talking about it because it's a cool thing to say. Guys will do that. Guy, we're fucking awful creatures at, at certain points of our lives, and we'll do that. We'll eat a woman's ass that just took a shit, you know? I, I was talking about that someone I was with recently, like, I was so turned on, and, like, I would have eaten her ass after a sweaty day of tennis. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I'm not a fan of the poo. I've never eaten poo, but I don't think I'd want to go for the poo. 
Um, oh, but, no, I, I, I don't want to go for the poo either, but I yeah. would have just licked it top to bottom. Yeah, like sweat doesn't bother me. Even the blood. I've had girls on the, the what is it, the rag or whatever went down. <laughs> How old are you? The, the, the rag or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever it's called. They call it bloody time. Like, man, you know, it happens. You know, just a little. Oh, it, it does. And unfortunately, like my bed is permanently stained for my ass. Yeah. <laughs> The woman juice is just a little more irony. That's all. That's the only I mean, difference. We put a towel down and just a town. Went yeah. To town. My, I had a, a girl I dated um, years ago. Was a, she was a gusher. Did we talk about this one on your podcast? Gushers and squirters? No, that was a different one. There's there's gushers and squirters. You know? You're just cheating on me with all these other podcasts. I know. I'm a dirty boy. A dirty yeah. bitch. Squirters and there's gushers. I've had both, and it's very interesting. Then I, when I realized it's really just pee, I'm like, yeah, well, it was fun. I'm not going to lie. Getting peed on was, it wasn't what I wanted, but it, the woman was having a good time and I was, so was I. At the end of the day, there's just something satisfying about like your partner ejaculating something on you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's I, a sense of accomplishment. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, this, it's kind of like comedy. Like you're in a you're in a room and the crowd's on fire and they're laughing and laughing and laughing and you just realize later they were drunk and they would have laughed at anything. It's not that you're on fire; the crowd's on fire. The Trevor Kevlo story, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's times where you know there's four people in the audience and it's you know I'm they're the, talking amongst themselves. Yeah, and I'm the last comic up and I have to earn every single fucking orgasm out of their mouth. So those are more exciting to me because. Because you earned it, you know. That's the stuff I learned from watching great comedians at the comedy store for the first, still to this day, to, since I moved here five years ago, going in every night in the OR for a long time and watching these late night comics have to grind out every single joke and laugh. And it's exciting to me to this day. And I love doing it. I love going over there and, and watching that. So, you know, it's cool because I used to make sure I went up last or late. So I could do that to myself, kind of like put myself through that, like that, uh, you know, that, that terror. Oh, I thought it was just so you didn't clear the room. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That too. Uh, but now comics are like, you're good. We're going to put you up first or early or some, some shows I cold open before the host. So, and I love it. I don't, you know, I get up and I do my thing and I have fun and I just enjoy it. And I've, like I said, I've been a lot more. After everyone starts dying in my family, I've become a lot more organic with the crowd. I'm not so scripted in, in my jokes and trying to just tell the joke. Now I'm like, let's find out what this crowd enjoys and, and kind of, it's like boxing, you know, we Bob and weave. Yeah, and you figured out that they don't enjoy hearing about you shit. No, actually they do. I do a Dairy Queen joke that people fucking love. I just remember you had a bit for a while where you were just going in detail about. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. Um, it just depends on the crowd. Yeah, if you get a hot crowd that's just laughing, you can tell them anything and they're going to laugh. I've done that at the belly room at the comedy store when I used to do bringer shows there. And the crowd just laughing and drunk and having a great time. And it's this energy that's just circulating there. And people want to be, you're going to the comedy store on a Friday, Saturday night and, you know, you want to laugh. And yeah, no one's going to the comedy store like, man, I don't want to be at the comedy yeah. store. It's a comedy store. It's magic, you know, and I go there and I was doing these shows, you know, every like every like six weeks. And it was crazy. It was like so vibrant, you know, and I was I used to do this set. I don't do it anymore. I refuse to do it because it was fake. And I did the set and it was so out there and it worked, you know, people loved it, but no more. 
What is most of your material on these? Does I haven't seen you get up in a while? Um, it's all personal stuff because th- when I this, th- I mean, everyone's they say write what you know, and I'm writing what I know. I've been through, I've I've dealt with a lot of death lately, uh, a lot of you know family issues, and the other thing is. When I write about that, it's mine. I'm not writing about like Tinder jokes or Uber jokes or, um, you know, what's the deal with like, there's all these jokes. I see people writing like things are these topics and they're writing these jokes about topics. And I'm like, I just don't want to do that. Like I have good to me. I have a good perception on a lot of things and I could write it a certain way and deliver it a certain way that would be funny. But it's like, how many times do you want to hear like, the same topic discussed and i'm like i'm sticking to what i know which is my family uh the deaths my friends like this personal stuff because the other thing is if someone rips that off they're ripping off my life not just my joke about like oh the traffic in la is so bad it's like a you know it's like blah 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 Every, there's a thousand people that think that way or have that joke. I also do a really ridiculous opening joke about Italians that I just absolutely love because it was something that I did one day. It was at a movie with my friend and I'm washing my hands and I was doing something ridiculous and he's laughing and pissing, you know, over in the urinal and I turn it into a joke and it's one of my favorite things I've ever done. And people fucking love it because it's so stupid. It's so stupid and so funny. And I'm like, you know what? That's what we need to laugh about. Enough politics. You know, we get it. No one likes Trump. Well, not no one. Half the country likes Trump. Well, half the country doesn't vote. Yeah. Of the half that does vote. Yeah. Some of them like Trump. And it's just like, you know, and that's cool. I'm around a lot of political comics and, and people that talk about it. And that's their thing. It's just not mine. I don't. I want people to go to a comedy show to get away from that shit. You know, and maybe that's why, you know, sometimes my shows only have 10 people because they want to hear about politics because it is Hollywood and it's, you know, the echo chamber of whatever is cool and whatever is going to get you a gig is what you what you agree with. You know, that's how I look at things now. So it's fucking unfortunate because that stifles art. Yeah, it does. It's people are are promoting how much they hate someone or something or you know or if they hate if, if they're in an area where they hate democrats and they hate democrats or they're, they hate republicans they hate republicans and they kind of like puff their chest to that and but it's like then you hang out with them and they're like that person's not like that at all they're just normal like the rest of us but they figure they have to say how much they love or hate certain things because it's going to help them get an audition or get verified on twitter or pander to their audience yes or pander to their audience exactly and you know, do what you would do. Do what you want to do. I don't give a shit. It's like, that's what got me here alive. And a, a little indie comedy club is doing what I want to do, you know? So. And not being a, you know, a big bleeder. Yeah. <laughs> I bled out. <laughs> I was, I was a, uh, I was a gusher. I wasn't a squirter. Oh yeah. If they, if they hit their artery, I would have been a squirter, but they were a quarter inch from the artery. So I was just a, just a gusher. Oozing, just two pints. I don't know if I said that in the last one, but which was like fucking two years ago. But two pints, yeah, that, that was the the blood transfusion. They said we need at least two pints. We think that's how much you lost. We're not sure all this shit. You, and then you don't think two pints is a lot, but it's blood. Yeah, and blood. Like when you really look at blood, that is a lot of blood. Oh yeah, no. If I went down on someone and they were bleeding that much from their vagina, I would be very upset. Yeah, 
oh god that'd be weird i mean they die you go down on a girl and she's you look back and there's two pints of blood laying there and you're like what did i do <laughs> well i really murdered someone with my penis this time fuck oh well, time for a new bed and let's trip to the desert <laughs> yep 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 uh by the way i do not endorse uh killing people or burying bodies well, I don't endorse killing people, but if you have to, I do endorse burying their body. Yeah, that's true. Especially if you're running for government. Yeah, because I'm going to run for government. Yeah, ever. Sure. I can't. I'm, I'm good. They'll never. They'll never take me. I'm happy. Well, you never know. I mean, a former guest of the show is running for local government. I can't talk about it about who it is on air. Oh, okay, because he see. asked me to pull his episodes. Oh, okay. And I did. We I did. We won't talk about it. I'm respectful. But, but it's still like on air. We won't. Right. It, it's still <laughs> really funny that it's like you're a comedian. Yeah. And like you're a pretty decently known comedian and you're running for office now and you want me to pull your episodes. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to help. And this is probably not helping. But yeah, bring that person back and just do a political show. Yeah. This is not the show you want to be associated yeah, with if you're running true. in a contested district. <laughs> Like, yeah, 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 good point. Yeah. yeah, this is probably not the show you want to do if you want to run for any politics. Yeah, I'm good then. I never want to get up. I'm here to right. ruin your career. I mean, that's what Brocado says every time he comes on. He's like, you're just going to get me canceled, bro. I love him. God, he's wild. See, you should have come out on my birthday. He was in rare form. Was he? Yeah. Fuck. He actually, you know, uh, I was supposed to do his show a couple months ago. And I let him know. I'm like, hey, I can't do your show. Uh, my dad died. I got to go. And I don't think he believed me. It's like, the old, <laughs> like, the old, it's like my dad or my brother or something. And he's probably like, all right, sorry. That sucks, bro. I forgot what it was, but it was like, no, I really, my dog did eat my homework. Like, my dad really did die. Like, he, <laughs> it's like, cause it was like, I went back home to Chicago, like four times in a couple months to see my dad. Cause you know, all the, all the stuff that was happening. And, uh, actually the first time was, I had already scheduled a time to go back and my brother died in that time. So like two days before I was going back to see my dad, my brother dies. And I'm like, dude, that's so dope of you, man. You fucking die when I'm already going to be in town. You saved me a lot of money on airfare. It's like, what a good brother. I mean, couldn't guy, guy couldn't organ, organize himself out of a fucking paper bag, but he made sure to die when I was already going to be in town. Now that's a good brother. The only thing he could have done better is like paid for the ticket. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Fuck. Maybe you will. Maybe one day I'll wake. You know, oh, that was him. He's like, <laughs> he's like, fuck you. I'm not like, paying for like, shit. He's like, nah, <laughs> not paying for shit. He's like, you guys have to pay for the funeral, by the way. See, you should have just done a little bit of light credit card fraud right after yeah. he passed, and that's happened in my family. I think. I think my cousin did that to his brother when he passed. This was different cousin, or yeah, different cousin. But yeah, I uh, I went back yeah, and I was uh. It was like four times in a matter of like three or four months. I went back and it was just exhausting, emotionally exhausting. Like, I just can't keep coming back here for just death stuff. It's like, ugh. I get that. The last three times I went back to Chicago has all been death stuff. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, man. You get it. Yeah. yeah, it sucks. It absolutely sucks, especially because everyone wants to go out and party with you and see you and like, yeah. dude, what's going on? I'm like, yeah. hey, I'm here because someone died. Yeah. Yeah. They. And it's just like, it's just so much, you know, traveling and that whole process and you're, and you're on that airplane for three, four hours and you're in your own head. Like, uh, what am I going to deal with when I get there? See, this is why I drink. 
Yeah. Like, oh, hey, I'm going to just black out on this flight. Yeah. I'll wake up in Chicago and be like, hey, Giordano's. Yep. Man. And the thing is, I don't talk to some of my family, so it made it more difficult, you know. And it was just like, oh, this sucks. That's the other thing. It's like you can't have that come together bullshit that you read about or you see on TV or some families actually. Like my best friend out here, Danny, his family's so tight and so cool and it's awesome. And I'm just like, you are so lucky that you have this amazing family. My family are like assholes. We just fucking hate each other. Have you ever dated a woman who like came from a good family? Yeah. Did yeah. it freak you out? Because the couple times I've done it, it definitely was like, this is weird. I don't, I don't, uh, um, does not compute. It was, she, it was like 10 years ago. She had a brother who um, she was close to and her parents she was close to. And that was it. So she was a small family. Um, pretty good house. It was cool. But th- back then, my family and I got along. We we're all friends. We're all drinking buddies. We're all pals. We worked together a little bit here and there. Like, we're all friends. There was no riffs, you know? And then over the past probably five, five and a half years is when things started to just kind of like, there was this, there was like a, like a, a line drawn in the imaginary sand in our family. And it's just like, why is this happening? It's so ridiculous. Like, get over your fucking self and your ego. It's like so silly. Like, there's no reason for this. People say shit when they're mad and get over it. You know, like if you have to hold on to that for your whole life, you're then you're the problem, you know, not the person. So, and that's kind of what happened. And I was just like, oh, this is so lame. And I'm like, I'm so glad I'm in LA, <laughs> distant from that garbage. Right? Yeah. It's like, get out of here. <sighs> See, for me, like I've never had a good relationship with my family. Yeah. As I said, like the couple times I've dated women that like came from good families, like oh, we do family dinner once a week and shit like that. It was just like, yeah. uh, 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 wow. uh, this does not compute to me. Yeah, we had like, yeah, we we were. I actually for a long time our family was actually pretty fucking cool. Like I was, I was really proud of how like tight we were, and that's also because I think we were involved in each other's shit so much. Which ultimately, like, once we all grew up, I think we just kind of like. Everyone wanted to just become their own like life. And the problem was we were so close that it's like when we tried to get away to do what we wanted to do, the family had their own opinion on what you should do. So rather than just allowing people to be people and, and choose their own life and be adults, it was like, oh, I don't agree with what so-and-so does, or I don't agree with this person, or fuck that guy, or fuck this. It was like, it's not your fucking life. Like I always said... You know, I have a brother that a couple, two of my brothers make really good money. I'm like, you do, that's your money. You do what you want with it. You want to fucking spend half your paycheck on Jaeger bounds. It's your fucking money. You want to spend your paycheck on a new car. It's your fucking money. Like it shouldn't be what I think, you know, you should do with that. 100%. As long as it doesn't negatively affect anyone else. Thank you. Yeah. And it's like, if I'm just hurting myself, I'm just hurting myself, you know? And that's, that was where the, you know, drugs and alcohol where my family was so concerned all of a sudden and like. You know, I've been a heavy drinker most of my life, and you didn't care about that when I was, you know, feeding you drinks at the bar I ran for 10 years. It's like interesting how perception had changed when I moved away, and all of a sudden, Trevor's got a problem. But when I was in Chicago, I had a problem. Out here, it was just like the Coke, you know, took over a little bit. Chicago is like drinking is really what fucked my life up, not the Coke. Well, Chicago, just drinking is so part of life there. It is. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and it's also like, I think a part of it's jealousy, like what we were talking about earlier, like 
people see what you're doing out here and they want to, oh, he looks like he's having fun and doing cool things. Let's go see what they're doing. And then they're like, oh, my God, this is so different. I want to everywhere you go. You want to live, by the way. Well, and on top of it, it's like the people back in Chicago see my curated social media. Yeah, this is my curated life. This is not what's really going on with me. This is like, no, this is my public persona. Even my Facebook that has my legal name, like I'm not going to air my woes, my you know, my yeah. trials and tribulations, my fucking, my worries, my stresses, like, I'm going to have conversations with my friends about it, but I'm not going to put that on social media. Exactly. So if you are not in that inner circle that gets the truth. Yeah. Oh, it looks like fucking fun and games. Oh, shit. Look at Matt getting fucking naked with porn stars and oil wrestling. And- yeah. Like I said earlier, I, I, you know, I've got so much going on. I've got things in the pre pre stages of development, big stuff, small stuff, everything. And then I told you how many hours I got this week of paid hours. And it's like, if I told anybody in this industry, my paid hours, they would probably shit themselves. Like you should be making three times that with the amount of work you're doing and what you're making, but I'm not. And it is what it is. And I've accepted it, which is why I'm starting to move on to bigger and brighter things, which is eventually going to happen. But it's like, People see this edited version, and then people that are super social media fanatics take that edited version and edit it six times. You know, then there's filters, and there's living my best life. They're taking pictures of themselves at Runyon. Hashtag blast. Yeah, hashtag blast. Pictures of Runyon, perfect fucking outfit, perfect hair. Men and women, this isn't a diss on either. It's a diss on everybody, including me. I do it sometimes, but not all the time. And then it's like they go to their life, and it's like, oh, I have to work 15 jobs to pay my, my fucking obscene rent and i hate what i have to do to make this work oh yeah and it's tough it's the reality of the situation like especially in the last year for me i went from working a fairly steady nine to five and doing this shit and doing all the other stuff to being like you know what both feet in i'm being self-employed yeah and it has been a bumpy fucking wooden roller coaster and how scary was it i remember that man i remember when you told me about that and it was just like fuck like that's tough. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, when I, I told you I was in Orange County and I was, I was my old stopping ground. I worked in Irvine 16 years ago on, on their campus. I worked in, a, in an office as a headhunter recruiter. And if I stayed there, I would have lived that life. I would have some fucking hot chick I would have married. I would have probably having a kid, a couple of kids, and I would have hated my fucking self. But I would have had the nice house in Orange County. I would have been by Newport. I would have had all that cool stuff. But deep down inside, I would fucking hate myself. And the thing about it is, you can't take that shit with you. Yeah, exactly. My dad always said that. You know, that's why he died broke. You know, I mean, that's my plan, too. Yeah. (laughs) He Actually, I I like to tell people that my parents are so broke, they're going to die in debt. And we're going to have to pay it off. So, Oh, you don't have to pay it off if they die in debt. Oh, really? No, my dad died almost 10 grand in debt. Just fucking yeah. walk the fuck away from it. <laughs> I mean, they'll go after the estate if there's anything to take. But no. if you die broken in debt, there's nothing they can do about it. My parents had seven kids. They're, they died, they're, my dad has died broke. And my mom, she's actually doing well. Like, she's not going to. I mean, they definitely didn't invest in condoms. No, they didn't. Yeah, the old, the old bullshit. Oh, I'm allergic to it. No, you're not. You're Which like, one of them said that? I don't know. I don't want to know. I just think they're just under the raw dog and thing. Obviously, there were seven of you. Yeah. My mom came, comes from a big family, and my dad came from a pretty big family, but they all, you know, two of my dad's siblings passed away during the war. So, 
you know, went from five to two. Then he, then he had another brother. So there's three and now his sister died a long time ago and he just died. There's one left. So that, 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 that bloodline, oh, the bloodline's still going, but that like, you know, that family is almost gone. It's crazy to think that like, whoa, my dad's side of the family in America is going to be completely gone soon. Who you came here with. It's bizarre. Not to bring the, the tone down at all. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. Energy yeah. just kind of took a shit. That's, that's okay. In a hundred years, it'll be like neither one of us ever existed. Yeah. Yeah. You never fucking know. That was my thing. I, I told them I wanted, I wanted to build something out here that was more than just like being on TV, you know, cause I want something to last and you know, I want to build something that's going to last as long as it can, you know. That's what my dad did when he immigrated here from Germany. He wanted, he built something that's still around and, you know, I hope it is, but I don't know if it will be because, you know, my family, not everyone's jumping. In, actually, everyone is jumping to be in plumbers, but I don't know who would take over. My brother goes, you know, like nobody it was like, it would just go or some company would consume it. That's like Amazon. Don't they just like, like take over companies? Well, and that's what happened with my family's business. So my grandfather... And my uncle took over my great-grandfather's uh, heating oil business and turned okay. it into a heating and air conditioning business. Mm. And then my uncle pushed my grandfather out because my grandfather was old school. He, like, he yeah. didn't do shit on contracts. It's all handshakes. Yeah. The family used to joke that it was a good year if he was only in court trying to get paid twice. Fair. <laughs> um, my uncle was a much savvier businessman. Yeah, He forced my grandfather out and then sold the company to... Um, you know, national conglomerate yeah. in his 50s. And it's like, I'm retired at 56. Yeah. I mean, that's what could easily happen. You know, it's just luckily uh, my grandfather got bored in retirement and started a second company and sold it to my other uncle. Yeah. So the family business is still technically going. Yeah. But it's not in its original iteration. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like people, you know, you're not the same. You looked when you were 22. I know that for sure. Yeah. Sadly, I do, too. <laughs> Oh man! Sadly, I'm still chasing women like I look like I did when yeah, I was 22. I, know. I was gonna say, yeah, man. I adjusted my Bumble age. I didn't realize how I, had, I was looking at. I was like, why is there so many older women? It was like at 45. I'm like, and I'm, I'll be 42 in a month. I'm like, nah, I don't want anyone older because they're they're they want different things, and they're gonna be dead soon. Yeah, that's true, dude. Are you on Hinge? I am. It's depressing. I fucking hate Hinge. What the fuck is with these 55-year-olds, like, divorced five times with, like, grown children, like, like messaging me? That's all I get are women much older than me. I'm, for, like I said, I'm almost 42. They're, like, 45 to 55. They're like, your dick works. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, but that's all I'm getting. Is there, is Hinge only for old chicks? No, it's supposed to be for relationships. And oh, that's why I went wrong. <laughs> I, <don't>, <laughs> I didn't know it's for relationships. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be for relationships. And I jumped on there. I'm like, yeah, I, I I think I want a relationship right now. Apparently, the only people that are specifically looking for relationships in Los Angeles are ugly people. Yeah, or really old women. That my search is not that, for old people. So yeah, I'm like, I'm think I'm just gonna get off the thing. I don't like it. I get hit. I'm just. I'm not, it's just what I want. If I don't want an older woman, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me because I don't want a woman that's got a bunch of kids or a kid. That's just my choice. It's like, that's not what I want. You know, I don't want to have to be like a pseudo father, you know, not at least now, you know, I'm living a, I have a two door coupe. 
There's a reason I have a two-door coupe. I don't want a four-door. I want people to know that this guy does not have kids and does not want kids anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, I think we're at an age where you cannot discriminate against women that have children. Mm. You're right. I just, out here, you're lucky, though. A lot of women in our age don't have kids. I know. Because they're selfish, like the rest of us, and yeah. I get it. I know. It's, it, that is yeah. pretty rad, but there are still plenty of women that do have kids. Yeah, there. and there's probably women that have kids that are far better than plenty of the women we've interacted with, if you want to say that, or I said that, so whatever. Talk shit about me all you want. I don't care. Um, But I... uh I just, for me personally, it's just not something in the cards for me. You know, not right now. You know, I'm looking at today and tomorrow. I'm not looking at, you know, five years from now. I did that my whole life looking at five years from now and it fucked me up so bad. So that was a, just ruined my life. Well, and that's the thing. Five-year plans are bullshit because nothing's promised. If you would ask me 15 years ago, would I be in Los Angeles hosting this show, being a professional podcaster? Yeah. Be like, what's a podcast? Yep. <laughs> And then be like, no, I, I look at five years ago, you know, I moved here five years ago. So five and a half years ago, I knew I've always wanted to live here since I was a little kid. So that's like, it's not a secret in myself, or my family or my friends that have always wanted to live here and have been very interested in the entertainment industry. But five years ago, we'll say I had no fucking idea that I was going to be running like an indie comedy club in a restaurant that I ran. Hell no idea. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. Hell, even five years ago, I wouldn't imagine myself doing this. Five years ago, well, yeah, five years. Yeah, even five years ago, yeah. my energy was concentrated on doing work in porn. Yeah. Doing more work in like the production side of porn and like had ideas for writing and just creating pornography. Yeah. The idea of like doing a weekly talk show and being more involved in comedy than, yep. than porn. I mean, because in the grand scheme of things, I'm much more in the comedy scene than I am in the porn scene. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, I mean, I never thought I would have been brutally stabbed and in, in attempted murder and then quit, just quit everything like over pretty much overnight. I never thought five years ago. Oh, I've thought about quitting drinking. I have. It's been in my my mind for a long time. Like, what is a life of not its sobriety? Because that's that's got such a weird like like. uh like people assume sobriety so many different things, but I would think of like, what do I, what would I do if I didn't drink anymore? Like I didn't know what there was a life outside of like being in a party or part of the party or like the party master, you know? Oh, I, I struggle with that too. Like, yeah. Drinking is so much a part of my identity. It's so much of my social outlet. Like, yeah. If I'm not working, I'm generally in a bar. Yeah. And the idea of like, why would I go to a bar and be sober? It's weird. It's weird. It was weird for a while. And then it became like, I can, I think cause I've been in bars for so long working and drinking in bars for pretty much 20 years that that's like, I don't want to be in them anymore because not just cause I can't drink because I just, it's just like, I see the behavior of people and you know, I see the ugly, I see, um, the addiction, like the the bad addiction of, of people that are, you know, that want to drink, but don't want to be aggressive about it, but are passive aggressive about it. And, and it's it really gets to me at times because I get it. I've been there and I've been there where I really want that next fucking drink, but I don't want to be an asshole about it. So I got to kind of 
pull myself together and be like, when you get a chance, can I, can I get another triple shot of Jameson? And you sit there and fucking twitch and just wait. And it's, and it's like, now I look at it like, man, like I don't get mad at people. I actually get mad at myself because I put myself in that position where I, I took that shift to bartend to serve people, to get them to that level where they don't feel anything. And it's my choice to do that because I have to still pay my rent and my bills this way. And it's tough at times, you know, and that's what it is. I'm not mad at them. It's more I'm mad at myself that I have to still do this. And I've like, made the choice. I'm mad that I'm helping the st- people destroy their own lives because yes. you're not you're not destroying their lives. You're yeah. just enabling them to. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, if I, if I worked somewhere or anywhere where it was just like, cocktail oh have a few drinks and leave it's like that's kind of what we've turned into we're not like a party bar i worked at a party bar for a long time and i looked back and it was a lot of fun but like we're not we're not in in encouraging like massive drinking and partying so i feel okay it's just it's my it's my perception of how i see things is, is different now you know being going on two years you know it's like i see that i see that kind of like the twitch in people where they just like you know, they, they, you know, they're, they're very, very, very respectful and calm, but their body says something else. Trevor, is there something you're trying to tell me? <laughs> yeah. You see your arm. Fucking, there's no vodka in this monster. Come on, man. Let's pause and need another. I mean, maybe that's where I'm deluding myself at times. Like, that's why I don't think I have a problem because yeah. I'll go days yeah. without drinking. Like yeah. it's for the most part, pretty social for me. It's like, yeah. Oh, I will come out and I will be a shit show in public. Yeah. But in private, like, I haven't had, I mean. Do you drink at home alone? Once in a while. Okay. But like maybe a, outside to have like a cocktail with your cigar or something? Yeah, I'll have a whiskey with my cigar. Okay. That's different, yeah. Yeah, or I'll have a beer, a glass of wine. Yeah. Nothing nothing crazy, but like, I haven't, it's Wednesday. I mean, this is not like it's a major accomplishment, but I haven't had a drink since Sunday night. Yeah. Like, is it Wednesday? I thought it was Tuesday. Okay, it's Tuesday. Okay. See, maybe <laughs> <laughs> he needs a drink, folks. I need a drink. He needs Fuck. a drink. Fuck. Oh, it's too, okay. It's still either way. It's Tuesday. I haven't had a drink yeah. since Sunday night. No, I get it. It's. I think it's to me. It's when alcohol starts to ruin your life is when you know you have a problem. For me, I mean, I got I got a DUI like 15 years ago, and I had another, and, and 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 you know, to me, drinking has been really exciting, but it's also slowly destroyed my life. So if it's not destroying your life, then to me, that's what it is. It's a problem or not, you know? Well, and I think that is part of the reason I continue to live my lifestyle like I do is because for whatever fucked up reason, I've been able to manage that balance. Yeah. Wildly irresponsibly at times. But even when I was at my heaviest drinking in Chicago, I never missed a day at work because of drinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, man. I could go in hung the fuck over. Still drunk. I could just handle my shit easy i did that when i had coke overs man uh i do coke till six in the morning and i could go into work later i felt like fucking absolute piece of shit but i did it probably the worst the worst one i ever did was i was working for the armored car company this is 07 yeah i went to see machine head at the house of blues downtown and i'm like i'm not gonna really drink tonight i'm going to a show alone i had like two beers at like whatever that dive bar is like two blocks north of the house of blues yeah i'm like cool i'm good for the night but the best place to watch a show at the House of Blues Chicago, if you're not in the pit, is in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the bars right on the side there. Yep. And I'm just leaning against the bar, enjoying the fuck out of the show. And I get a tap on the shoulder, like, turn around. Very, very cute bartender. Like, yeah. Hey, you want a drink? I'm like, yes, I do. Uh, 
And then I ran into a buddy of mine who is uh, Macabre's guitar tech. Yeah. And then it was just on. And that's it. Yeah. Somehow I ran up in 2007, a over $100 tab in just Budweiser's. Oh, my God. Budwiper. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm drinking cheap tonight. Yeah. I don't. I don't know, but Bud diesel. Ugh. Yeah, it was bad. It was fucking bad. I started to drive home and I'm like, as I get to 290, I'm like, I'm good to drive. Yeah. And then I passed the post office. I'm not good to drive. Yeah. I got off the expressway, like in Hillside and I was living out in the burbs at this point. Yep. Pissed on a tractor trailer. We probably had the trucker sleeping in it. Yeah. Could not figure out how to get back on 290. The only other part of that drive I remember home was seeing a cop at one point going, I'm going to fucking jail. And then he went right by me. I got home, parked my car, puked twice, slept for 45 minutes, got up, threw my uniform and my gun on, (laughs) went to work, and then was puking in ATM bags for the first four hours of the day. I would puke in an ATM bag, seal it up, and throw it off the truck. Oh, my God. That's great. Uh, People were like, customers were seeing it at me at 9 o'clock in the morning. Like, are you okay? Yep. Give me the money. I got to go. Give me the money. Give me the money. Got to go. I had one customer who I was pretty flirtatious with like, you smell like a still. I'm like, "Eh." Uh, it was a good night last night. Man. But that was, you know folly of youth you know thankfully i wasn't killed thankfully i you know no one was hurt by my stupidity yeah and it's not like that was a regular occurrence but i still fucking made it into work worked the whole fucking day and then went home and crashed hard yeah and just slept till the next day yeah it was just like who shouldn't have done that yeah man see that's why when i see machine head this weekend i got a hotel room in fucking anaheim <laughs> Where are they playing at? House of Blues. Oh, the Hob over there? Nice. Yeah. They're doing the 25th anniversary tour of Burn My Eyes. Dude, I was just in Anaheim. Yeah, fuck. I like it down there so much. It's so clean and pretty and nice. Yeah, I don't like it. I like that there's a Portillo's. Yeah, I stopped there. I saw. Yeah, that's right. I had dessert there. I went to Slapfish in Irvine. Slapfish was great. Very, very reasonably priced, too. I got three good dishes for like 30 bucks. Well, that's fucking unheard of. Yeah lobster shrimp all that it was i was like fuck i was like this is good stuff still wouldn't want to live down there no i don't think i I mean it's i just it's just not what i want no me neither and that's the thing like i I lived in the chicago burbs for a while yeah and when i was living out in the burbs do you know how much time i spent in the burbs none yeah like thankfully at one o'clock in the morning you could get from where i was living in the burbs to exit (laughs) in 15 minutes yeah where were you again i was in wooddale Oh yeah, I had, I had when I was in recruiting, I had clients in Wooddale. That's like a like a little mini tech area. Yeah, it was like right by Elk Grove Village. Yeah, for the non Chicago, like I was just west of O'Hare Airport. Yeah, so it was like direct highway access. Yeah, take the highway right. And the reason was like I got a condo in the burbs is because I worked in the burbs. Yeah, it makes sense because commuting from the city out to fucking Broadview every day oh, God. was goddamn nightmare. It's just no good, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, I get to, from the north side of Chicago, commute over an hour each way every day. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. I'm like, oh, I can get a, I can get a nice condo in the burbs. And, yep. And it's like, I, I spent no time in the burbs. Yeah. Just, I slept there. Yeah. 
It's basically paying whatever it was for a, for a fucking storage unit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I definitely was. Didn't get any equity out of that fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, it kept me in that place. Probably kept me in Chicago four or three, four years longer than I wanted to be there. Cause uh, you couldn't sublet it. <clears throat> it was in the association rules. That oh, the HOA shit. Yeah. The HOA oh, said God. no renters. I hate that crap. Because I, w- I would have just ran it out with no renters. So yeah. I had to sell it. Uh, I went to sell after the bubble burst. Yeah. Lost your ass on it. Lost my ass on it. I purposely lost my ass on it. Yeah. I told the realtor, sell it for whatever the bank will take it yeah. on the short sale. Just got rid of it. Just get the fuck rid of it. I want to be out of Chicago. Yeah. I make, that makes sense. I mean, you got out because it's fucking, it's awful. The taxes, there's, there's new taxes, uh, uh like a new car buyer tax where you like you buy was it you you pay taxes when you buy a car and now i think you pay taxes when you sell a car or something yeah it's crazy like if it's like leaving it's like they have like it's i feel like they have people like stationed on the border that just like hand you a bill like coming in and out of the of the state it's it's gotten so fucking bad the taxes in yorkville yorkville which is like an hour hour and a half west of chicago like not a stick town but a small kind of town my brother had a nice house there the taxes on his house were higher than on houses in beverly hills not a lie he sent me the screenshots well that's because we in california have a fucked up law where your taxes are frozen on the year you bought it oh okay didn't know that oh yeah but still i mean yorkville which isn't a big town which is a, you know slowly growing community that, and people that are from that area are like the taxes in yorkville are obscene and they're like for what like my brother doesn't have kids him and his wife have no kids like we're paying all these taxes for a school for no kids they ended up he what he did smart dude moved right over the border to indiana where it's completely different. They both, I think, I know he still works in Illinois. I don't know where she works, if it's Illinois or Indiana, but was just moved right over the border. Taxes are way cheaper. They got a nice big house with a pool and everything for fucking nothing, man. Smart dude. Good move. I'm like, that's how you do it. Get the fuck out of there. No, it's fucked. Yeah. I mean, it's all fucked. Yeah. There is no good solution. At least you can afford property there because neither one of us are ever buying a house here. No, no. Not anytime soon. I got some time. By the time I'm 50, you never know. I'll buy like a, a nice bachelor single for $800,000 because it's that's like all you can fucking afford. Dude, eight years from now, you think you'll be able to afford that? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to buy anything around here, at least. You know? See, I love living in Hollywood. I know yeah. you're not in love with it, but I'm just, I just, it's just not what I want. I like, you know what I like? I like Franklin Village. That's where I want to live. I honest to God, I love that pocket of hollywood it's clean it's it's just very little to no homeless people and addicts on the street i'm also like i'm fucking just jaded from from where i work and have lived most of the time that i've been here has been in like the worst part of hollywood so i and i'm constantly dealing with that every day i go into the club and it's just like and and you know and i'm i'm cool with i'm respectful with the homeless people not a dick. I'm not screaming at them or kicking them or beating them or anything like no, that. Just 
spotlights spotlights yeah and uh occasionally one guy had to hit with a fire extinguisher that's a whole different story oh i want to hear this story i haven't heard this story <laughs> whoa, whoa you can't just be like i beat a man with a fire extinguisher no, i didn't beat him with it i wanted to but i only hit so, him once so someone tells me there's a fire out in the parking lot and i'm like what the fuck so i run out there with their fire extinguisher there's a homeless guy around like this big pile of stuff and it's on fire and i'm like what the fuck and i run out there and it's cardboard and all this crap and it looked like he lit it on fire because they're most these people are just fucked in the head from whatever reason and i'm like what are you doing and i had to grab the fire extinguisher i put it out and he's like oh i was just trying to put it out for you i'm like you were trying to put out a pile in the middle of my parking lot that was on fire you were trying to put it out as you're staring at it probably like obsessed with it because you're fucked in the head so i had the fire extinguisher i put it out and i'm like get the fuck out of here and i was pissed i was pissed there was it was early enough where there was still potentially kids in the area it wasn't like late at night i'm like get the fuck out of here he's like I, wait, i'm trying to do you a favor i'm like what i'm like get the fuck out of here so i started spraying him with the fire extinguisher i'm like get off my property and get out of here like i do when it comes to my the property I work at and my staff, I become, you know, the big brother or the dad of the of the place. I get very very protective of my people, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, I know what you're doing. And he's like, I'm trying to help you. I'm like, no, you're not. So it's like fucking spraying. I'm like, get out, get the fuck out of here. And he started running off like a like a little fucking squirrel. I'm like, leave, don't come back. And I was like, I will beat you over the fucking head with this next time if you're on this property. I was like, I just don't care for that shit you know people it's it's not your property it's private leave that's it you want to go do stupid shit go on the government sidewalks and shit and piss and jerk off like everyone else don't call in private property these fuckers are paying taxes on this place as we're talking about leave so that was my story oh i thought that was gonna be much more entertaining <laughs> yeah they're, they're i'm not violent but you know i'm protective at the same time like so. i'll just spray you with chemicals caustic yeah. chemicals yeah it's like same shit you're probably snorting or shooting up you know it's like meth is just chemicals so I maybe mean, probably got a buzz off it <laughs> i don't think your science uh no equals, I don't know. equals out there trevor I, yeah I think if you snorted a fire extinguisher, if fire extinguishers could get you high, people yeah. would be snorting them all the time. I know. We wouldn't have any. The They'd be club. readily available. Yeah. I'm honestly amazed people aren't stealing fire extinguishers for the aluminum or some shit. Yeah, no shit. I remember my my family are all contractors in Chicago, and they would go into, uh, they do, they'd work on houses, and they'd come in sometimes, and all the copper would be ripped out of the walls. They do these rehabs, and, and thieves would come in, or the the previous renters or homeowners. Renters would even do that. Like they'd leave, like they get evicted, so they'd steal all the copper. They'd rip it all out, or they'd steal like the the faucets and stuff because it was worth money if it was silver. And it's like and they go to the the metal guy and resell it. And I'm just like, fuck, what a good racket. <laughs> well, and sometimes when people are getting evicted, they're just doing it because as a fuck you. Yeah, they, they yeah. won't even sell it. They're just like, fuck you. Yeah, my brother actually he because he's a he's a owns the contracting business. My dad started. He he took over and he actually. I don't know if my dad was doing it, but my brother keeps every job. So he keeps all the copper, even little tiny fittings to reuse or to keep. And then they sell it. And then he uses that money for like, to like do bonuses for, for people for that work for him. So it's pretty cool. You know, just kind of like recycling money, you know, <laughs> awkward pause, awkward pause. Like, so your brother's stealing copper. Got it. No, he's not stealing. He's a good boy. He's good stealing copper. Got it. Got yeah. it. He's he's 
taking what's needed and he's helping. robbing for the rich and feeding the poor yeah, with it no <laughs> he's the robin hood of copper he won't listen to this actually we just started talking maybe he will so are you fucking talking about me and fucking your social media stuff dude don't fucking do that bro <laughs> that's how he talks all right not that like drunk sounding but yeah yeah you're like we're all southwest side jagoffs yeah pretty much yeah we all sound like we're drunk even though we're not it's just it's, it's like an accent chicago accent is just like mildly retarded and drunk sounding that's pretty much it yeah that's accurate that's 100 yeah. percent accurate i think they said the chicago accent is the most unattractive accent out there have you heard a new england accent yeah no shit that that was lies yeah Though I'd still really, really, really want to bang someone with a thick Boston accent. Oh, yeah. Give it to me harder, 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 harder. Yeah, how's that hot? How's that sexy? It's hot. I, just, uh, I didn't even do it right. Fuck. Yeah. I talk like that because it's a, it's a homage to my old boss, but you've seen all my weird, like, fuck shit. Yeah, I text that. with you occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's that's my old boss. He, he, uh, he was from Boston, and I would talk like him a lot. Cause he was fucking funny. He's a, such a great dude, but I would talk like him and, and stuff. And actually <laughs> a girl I dated, it was, we worked together and we would role play sometimes. And she's like, what do you want to role play? I'm like, let's role play MT and his wife. MT was his, his initials, his name. So I would be banging her and I would be talking like him. And she's like, how do I talk like his wife? And I'm like, I don't know. She's hot. Just lay there and I'll pretend. And she's like, that's fucking weird. I'm like, we're role-playing, you know? So I'd sit there and like talk like this old Boston guy and banger. That's how. And she was into it. Yeah, she. it was fun, you know? It was exciting for her. Why didn't you marry that girl? You know, I thought I was. We went to Vegas. I was like, and I put a ring on her finger. I'm like, oh, that looks great. And she just looked at me. I'm like, oh, this might not work. This is not a good idea. I'd probably take that ring off right away. But I did take a picture of it, put it on social media, and I think I got 160 likes on that. Yeah, it's amazing how many people come out of the woodwork when you put a ring on somebody. They're like, yeah. oh, congratulations. Yeah. And like 100 of them are women. Like, oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, last time I updated my status to like say I was in a relationship, people were just coming out of the woodwork like, uh -huh. what the fuck? Yeah. And then like the weird girls that are just like all of a sudden like, oh, you're not available? Like. Where have you fucking been? You know, where have you been? I've not been available this whole time. Yeah. I mean, that's just emotionally, not yeah. actually. <laughs> my, my, actually, my dad commented about the ring he got was like, what are you doing? Cause she was, you know, she was so young. And I was just like, and I had to explain to him, dad, it's comedy. I'm joking. We're fucking around. Like, but like, you weren't, you know, the, the, the thoughts had crossed our minds because we both said how we would love a, a Vegas wedding. Just ha invite a handful of people and just get married out there. And we even talked about kids openly. And I was just, we're both very on the fence. And I'm like, and I'm the whole time, I'm like, she is too young for any of this conversation. She needs to go live her life and figure out who she is. You know, she doesn't know what she wants at 21. You know, Glad some people do know what they want at 21, though. I did. I knew what I wanted when I was eight. You know, I'm still going for it. I'm here doing it. So, you know, different paths and kind of you know i'm not doing exactly that but it's a hell of a lot closer than it was five years ago six years ago oh i know when i first met you you're like i run a comedy room but i'm really an actor yeah i mean i i 
I get at my auditions, my agents out there, you know, he, I've, I got, I got like 15, 20 auditions last year. Didn't hit any of them. I'm at that awkward size though, where I'm like, I'm not fat enough and I'm not thin enough. I'm just like right in the middle of, mm, like, I'd be a great spokesman for like a food product. <laughs> you just got to keep rocking tracksuits. Maybe we'll get yeah. some mob rolls. Yeah, that's true. That's what I'm leaning into. I'm like, maybe I'll just start dressing like a Guido again. It's working. It's kind of part of my comedy. That's why. So it's one of my, my favorite bit I do is about Italians and, and stuff like that. So I'm kind of leaning into it, even though I'm not Italian at all. It's still fun. I mean, you get it, dude. In Chicago, everyone looked Italian. You know, we all if we, like if we didn't look it, we dress like it. It was just like the thing for in all of 2000, you know, the early 2000s. The club rat look was just like a Guido look. I thankfully never fell into that look. No? Oh, yeah. You were a rock and roll guy. Yeah, You're like, a metalhead. Yeah. I still, I wear shirts that I was wearing. Like, I have shirts from high school I still yeah. wear. I, I would regularly wear tour shirts from like the mid and early 2000s. Yeah. I was a club rep for a long time, man. I was at all the clubs, you know, Crowbar, of course, and all of them, and White Star, and just like entourage just i could sit here and rattle off all the clubs in chicago it was just fun for me it was exciting that was my thing i liked that 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 excitement like that's why i loved vegas so much it was the drinking and the obsessive drinking 24-hour drinking definitely helped but it was that excitement of vegas that like rush not even gambling or hookers i didn't do drugs back then like coke it was just that excitement, just like everything's going on. I'm like, ah, this is so cool. See, what I loved about Vegas initially when I was living there was everything's negotiable here. Yeah. Everything is for sale. When were you there again? I was there from 2011 to 2014 legally. I was rarely there, but that's when I legally lived there. I think we were there at the same time then. I was only there for a few months, though. So I was there like eight years ago, something like that. Yeah. For like... Just for a few months. Yeah. When I was there, I mean, I was traveling full time for my day job yeah. and then going on the road with girls on weekends. Like yeah. I was in the three years I was legally a Las Vegas resident. I was maybe there six months of the oh, whole three years. Jeez. Okay. So you really weren't there. Yeah. The last year I was legally a resident. I didn't even have an apartment. My stuff was in storage. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I did two short term stints there. And then when I was in living in, you know, Chicagoland, I was there like, I think I made like f close to 50 trips out there. All work-based, actually. I don't think one time I went out there just for fun. Actually, one time I did go out there just for fun, and it was when I was dating that girl, and it was a huge event. And I wasn't going out there for work. And uh, to set the story straight, to set the story straight 16 times, um, if my sister does listen to this, I went out there for a vacation to have a good time. And my sister thought I was supposed to be working. And I was like, no, I spent all my own money and my girlfriend, we spent our own money to go out there and have a good time and, and help and do stuff. We did not go out there to work. Like I spent all my own money on everything, flight, you know, hotel, food, all that stuff. Of course, like Vegas, they give away everything. So, you know, we got hooked up everywhere, but it was just like, that was the only time I think I really truly went there just for fun. And, I, I think I somehow got shit for it from her, but um, every mostly every other time was something work related. So you know, I didn't mind. It was cool, man. But it's Vegas. Everything work. There's a lot of play followed with it or before it or during it. So yeah, yeah. I, I've said this on there plenty of times. The problem is once I was actually living there, it's like 
I didn't want to go anywhere near the strip or uh-huh. Fremont. Yep. And it's a rough town to meet new people. In. Yeah. It's it's like living out here, no one people that live here stop going to the go stop going to Hollywood Boulevard after a while. They're just like this is not fun. Oh, I stopped going to Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. I mean, yes, I still drink on some bars that are technically on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. But I'm not going west to Coanga. No. Except for Harold's. Yeah. Pizza that's, Puff. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that sounds good. But for the most part, yeah, I don't go to anything that's a tourist bar. No. It's just because even the people in there are, a lot of the people in there aren't true tourists. They're just like from different parts of LA that come here to like just rage on Hollywood Boulevard. And it's just like, I, I did that. You know, when I first moved here, I was there. I was in those like a handful of bars, like almost every night for like three months. And I just destroyed myself being there, you know, in every possible way. Yeah, the only one of those like that people come around town to go to that I still go to is Jumbo's. I mean, I'll go to Jumbo's. Oh, yeah. Jumbo's is different, though. Jumbo's, Jumbo's is, is definitely local. different. It's a local's place, yeah. But uh, people definitely come from other parts of town to go to Jumbo's. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. My favorite is actually Bordner's. I think it's one of the coolest bars I've ever been to. Yeah, like, Bordner's is rad. Yeah. I, I know, because Bordner's is off on a side street. I don't yeah. think of that as like a tourist bar. No, or not at all. That's why, like, that's a place I would go and, like, like they have a good happy hour menu too for food. Like it's somewhere I would go, like a bar bar I would go to to eat and just kind of hang out. And I know a lot of the bartenders are still and they're all super cool. So it's like it's an enjoyable place. But I, I tell my friends, I occasionally post on Facebook, like just drove by Bortner's and my nose started to drip. <laughs> <laughs> Runny nose again. Like well, bar sinister's in there too. Yeah. So. What is it? Uh, Pavlov's dog, whatever. The yeah, fucking, yeah. yeah, that's how it the feels. The Pavlovian response. Yeah, like- it's like when I. I walk by Jameson's and all of a sudden I'm just like dry heaving because I did so much drank and did so much coke there. Oh Red God. Bottles. Yeah. And fucking 10 other bars. It's like, uh, but you know, <laughs> the exciting learning experience of being new to Hollywood, even at an old age. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When I first moved to town, I burned so much money when I first got here, just like boozing like I boozed in yeah. Chicago and paying twice the amount. Yeah. With yeah. zero hookups. Yeah. I mean, at least I got hooked up, but I also like didn't. And then my, oh, well, I hook, I got hooked up. I would like tip way. And like, as someone that's been in the industry for so long, I would still tip more than people that are. And it's like, but it was also then I would go out to eat every day and it was all the time. And it was just like, I was spending, I was spending money like I was on vacation. That's how it felt. And, I, and then I had to change my my mindset. Like you were not on vacation. It took me like three months to like kind of like twist that. And by like April, I was like, I'm going really broke. Like I don't have a lot of money, and I need to start working. And I was like, I was trying to. Do, I was doing background and stuff. And then I hit that point. I'm like, I'm in trouble. Like financially, I was like, I got to figure something out. And I worked at this fucking shithole like like electronics place and i worked there for two weeks and i i was like i would rather do background the rest of my life than work here one more day and i got my paycheck and i literally walked down cashed it and i left a note with the owner and said um sorry it didn't work out i quit and just left a note like literally taped to like an eight like a a something in there and never came back and i was like he was a fucking such a piece of shit i went and cashed my check 
drank that night, probably did coke that night, and then was just like, I don't want to fucking. And then and a month later, I got hired at Happy Endings as a busboy, you know. And after that, it's just is that's where like things really, you know, that was like the uh, the start of everything because Happy Endings eventually turned into Sycamore Tavern, which is now where I have the dojo of comedy. So, and the people I've worked with there have a lot of people have gone on and done well. So I know it's a really I know organically and spiritually that that place can um can birth like really cool shit because a lot of people that have worked there have gone on to do some really awesome stuff and outside of just hospitality so that's me being really deep with shit but that's where i am in my life now so yeah it's awesome awkward pause (laughs) no it's good it's it's fucking good i mean yeah i feel in this town you will be successful as long as you're willing to Ride it out and yeah. as long as you're willing to put in the work. Yeah. No one's going to hand you shit. No. No one is going to just be like, hey, you're super talented as compared to the thousands of other people that are super, super. talented yeah. around you. Yeah. You know, and I, and I have something no one else has. And that's what's really cool. And it's not like something inside of me. I have something physical that almost no other person has comedian wise. And it's like, it's uh, like it's other bizarre. people have AIDS, Trevor. What's that? Other people have AIDS. Oh fuck, vegan AIDS. Sorry, uh, was it was it vegan AIDS? What was it called? Healthy AIDS. It's, Healthy AIDS. It's, it's yeah. vegan. That's what it was. That's my joke. <laughs> oh, I went vegan. Oh, so healthy AIDS. Okay, yeah, I can tell because you have no muscle tone. And yeah. it is sexually transmitted if the other person's attractive enough. That's true. It's funny. I do know some vegan bodybuilders, and they and they're like, oh, "I'm vegan." I'm like, "Yeah, but you weren't ten years ago." You're you're fucking eating chickens by the dozen and doing steroids. Your body, like, it's you're still buff, but it's like your body's so like they just transferred to vegan. I don't steroids know. are vegan. Yeah, there's no animal. There? Pro- there's no animal products. I don't know if there is like well, uh, bulges or something. Actually, TRT is, okay. uh, comes from yams. Because I, 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 I respect it. I actually respect the vegan lifestyle and all that. I have nothing against it. It's do what you want to do to better yourself as a human. You know, don't tell me that I have to, or, you know, and that's cool. Some plenty of people are just like, oh, yes, that's my thing. But the people I see that were bodybuilders, you know, for a good portion of life and they're like vegan bodybuilder. And I'm like, you weren't always vegan though. You just, you got to this level of a massive human and then you were able to find all these ways to keep, to maintain that and build that. Like I want to see a bodybuilder that starts bodybuilding at 18 and as a vegan at 18 and then how they look at 28. Like, I think I would actually not in a, in a, in a shitty way, like, Oh fuck that. I want to actually see what that looks like. Somebody really young that is a vegan or, you know, and then, goes 10 years of being a vegan and bodybuilding. I want to see how, how the body looks compared to somebody that ate, you know, fucking steak and chicken for 10 years. I just would love to see the difference. Well, this is what someone who ate steak and chicken for 10 years looks like. Same here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, shit. Yeah. Where Joe Rogan, you ever listen to this, get a, a bodybuilder that started bodybuilding as a vegan. That's what I want to see. And then a 10 year, you know, versus somebody that, you know, it's kind of like, I just want to see what the difference and how their body is different. You know, I say a lot of it's how you feel, you know, which is why people like, you know, stick to that lifestyle. And that's cool. I just, 
Well, that's why I stick to drinking. Uh, yeah. There you go. I mean, there's something about, you know, biting into steak that's just, you know, or a fucking, satisfying. Yeah. It's very satisfying. Or, or lobster. Or those know. ribs. Oh, man. I mean, lobster should be considered vegan. They're not smart. No, they're not. I mean, they're sea cockroaches. Yeah. And we pay so much for them. Well, and that's the funny thing is so much garbage food, like in previous generations that was considered garbage. Yeah. Is at a premium now. Barbecue is all garbage cuts of meat. Yeah. Yeah. Rib tips. Rib tips, ribs, yeah. brisket. Yeah. You know, those are all garbage cuts of meat. Yeah, the actual cut itself, yeah. And because barbecue's origins is the shit that was left over. Yeah. And that's why you got to cook it low and slow so it actually becomes tender. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you just grill a fuck, if you just grill ribs or you just grill fucking brisket yeah you will have just garbage well it's it's like uh like they say you know oh if if eating healthy was cheaper pe- everyone would do it i'm like nah first of all they wouldn't that's a fucking lie second like you go to mcdonald's and you see you know oh well the burger's only a dollar and the salad's five dollars you know and that that too like that, that salad also has more fat content than the burger yeah because because that salad the lettuce is so awful what do you do you just soak it in fucking ranch Right. You know. Between the ranch and the croutons and all that yeah. shit. That salad actually has more fat content than yeah. the burger. But you're you're saying like how like in the past, like a burger like itself was like is like expensive, but at McDonald's it's cheap and the salad is more expensive. It's like that weird like why is it Well here's the other not thing. expensive, but you know eating healthy is not necessarily more expensive than not eating healthy hell microwave dinners are not cheap yeah the only thing that's cheap is fucking boiling ramen yeah or stofers stofers isn't even all all that cheap well a lot of those are just salt you're not even eating good you're just but the thing about it is healthy food is perishable yeah so if you are working a ton and not making a ton of money you don't have time to go pick up perishable groceries constantly Yeah. yeah frozen dinners are going to last until you eat them. Yeah. Canned foods are going to last until you eat them. Yeah. There's a reason. Exactly. So it, it's not even so much the cost difference because you can get fucking a bag of fucking salad for a dollar fifty two bucks. Yeah. You could turn that into two fucking meals easily. Yeah. You could get that with, you know, a pound of chicken for two dollars. Yeah. You have two fucking salads for four dollars. Right yeah. There. But. Chicken is like the most perishable fucking meat. Yep. It goes bad so fucking fast. Yeah, it does. And, and it's that's, dangerous to eat bad. Right. It's dangerous yeah, to, you, you know, can't fuck with that shit. No, it'll fucking kill you. Yeah. And salad goes fucking bad real quick. Yeah. Especially if you're a little lazy about it, like I am, where I'm like, yeah, I'm getting the pre bagged, washed fucking salad. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not buying a whole head of lettuce and yeah. chopping it up and cleaning it. Well, I, I think I've been just broke as fuck out here and other places i've i was at one point eighteen dollars in my bank account and like six bucks in my pocket and living on my friend's couch and i had no idea what i was going to do how am i going to make this work but i knew if i just continued to work and just work and show up to work on time and show up to work early and work those god-awful shifts and just say shut the fuck up you moved here for a reason you could be back in chicago running a bar or 10 years 50, was it 10 12 years ago got back into recruiting agencies and married the girl I was with because she didn't think the bartending was a real job, even though I made double what she made, by the way. Um, but I was like, I just knew I'm like, you just keep working, you show up and you work, you know, and 
it, it, it worked out, obviously, but it's like, I learned how to live off of just fucking nothing. Can of tuna ramen noodles. And it's, I didn't even use the packet for flavor because I could not take the flavor. I, it was so salty. I got to the point where I was like purifying myself because I was also working out like a fucking madman. And I wasn't purifying myself. I was still drinking and doing coke and getting high. <laughs> but not all the time. It wasn't like my daily thing or whatever. But it was like, I was just, I, I was able to take this small amount of money and stretch the fucking shit out of it. Oh, dude. I mean, yeah. at points where I was broke, I got creative with ramen. So oh, I, yeah. There were points where like I'd buy ramen packets, not use the fucking the packet. Yeah. Boil up the noodles, like grill some chicken mm-hmm. and then pan fry the noodles and the chicken together to make like yeah. ghetto stir fry. Yeah. Or yeah, dude. One of these things I'll still like is a cheap ghetto meal that I'll still eat to this day is I'll buy a can of Hormel chili, mm-hmm. some rice, make the rice. Yeah. Heat up the chili, mix them together. It makes like fucking yeah. spicy, dirty rice for like, yeah. That meal is like a buck. Yeah. And it, it is goddamn filling. Yeah. You, you, and that, that's the other thing is the, is the filling part. Like the food that sucks or is cheap is all, you know, it's like eat bread, you'll be full faster. Pasta, yeah, you'll be full. Like I think, you know, Bill Burr, I, mean, I think it was Bill Burr talked about that. Like, you know, throwing a, throwing a, you know, two, two ramen noodles down your stomach and your stomach like will fill you up and keep you full for, you know, a decent amount of time or just eating bread because that's really what you're doing is just curbing your hunger because hunger pains ain't fucking fun, man. They're not fun. I remember when I was a kid, we didn't, cause we had a big family. If you didn't eat enough or a lot, that was it. You know, you're, I would get hunger pains because I, I wasn't on time or I'd take my, I'd be fucking around or something. Food's gone. Now, if you want food, you have to go figure it out. Mom's not cooking for you. She just cooked for, you know, nine people. It's like, now you got to figure this out on your own. Right. The chow bell was rang. Uh-huh. And if you didn't get it, you didn't get it. It's not like your mom starved us. We always had food around, but it was like, you know, there's times where at night I get hunger pains because I didn't eat enough because I was just like, it just for whatever fucking reason. And it fucking sucked. I think that's now I eat at night. I'll, but the thing is, I don't eat now when I eat late night. It's, you know, I have like a fucking protein bar. I know it's loaded with sugar, but you know what? It's better than what I used to eat at night, which was like a pizza because I get stoned and eat like fucking everything. Yeah. Yeah. Or drunk. <laughs> yeah. I, I still make some you know, drunk food choices. Yeah. I was worse drunk. Because I was, because I'd be blacked out and I could, I didn't know when to stop eating. At least when I was stoned, I was like, this tastes so good. And I, they say the reason you eat so much when you're stoned because uh, the weed affects the whatever, the part of your brain that says you're full. And I guess that's why when people get stoned, they don't know when to stop eating. With me, that part of my brain just shut off and I didn't know where I was because I'm blacked out or just hammered and I could literally eat anything. I ate like half a stick of butter and my friends. I got so drunk, I made popcorn, and they said that I put half a stick of butter to melt on it, and the next day I woke up just fucking awful. Half a stick of butter and Parmesan cheese, that's like on it, and like you ate like three bags of popcorn, and, and half a stick was, and I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be a rough day or two. I mean, your shit's going to slide right out of your asshole. Oh, yeah. It was rough. Just That's the thing, waking up on couches, you're like, how did I get here? I mean, we've all been there for that. Plenty. And it's just like, but then I'm like, oh, that can't just be from booze. 
Cause I know like to me, it was like when I woke up and I was like, I felt like when I didn't eat, I felt fucking weird. I was just like, Oh my God. I, Cause I felt drunk as fuck. And then I just felt so empty, you know? Cause that was my thing. I was like, get drunk and eat. And that's what happened. You know, I used to actually look good. And then 20 years of drinking and eating all the time, I fucking fucked my life up a little bit. Same Trevor. Same. I mean, hell I got home from the bar. Well, Four o'clock in the morning on Sunday night. Oh yeah, because I'm friends with one of the. You know, I'm friends with the staff at where I was drinking, and they like after hours. I was just sitting there bullshitting while they're doing their side work. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like it's four a.m. I should probably go side work. That's so funny that you say that. What the- my place? We don't. No one does any extra work. No one does anything. I when we have events where there we need where we have servers, they don't do any side work. They don't fill salt. They don't clean their section. They don't do anything. They make their money. They tip out and they leave. It's so weird. Like how, how, so how it's changed so much since when I started there to, to today. And that's partially my fault as, you know, a manager still, but it's like, imagine if I handed some of these people side work and they're like, what's side work here? You mean I have to do something? Other I have to than, roll napkins? What yeah, the fuck? Yeah. Oh, that's the buster's job. No, it's not. The buster's job isn't the job of the lazy people. That's how it is at, at a lot of places. Oh, just to get a buster to do it. I started out as a busboy here. I started out cleaning up human shit. I am now the manager, and I founded a comedy room with my good friend, Sam Tripoli, and I run this comedy room, and guess what I still have to do? Clean up human shit. I clean up human shit. I mean, how much of it is Sam's, though? <laughs> He'll never listen to this. He doesn't have the patience. <laughs> He's yeah. oh my god, lizard people. He hasn't done this uh, show in a couple of years. So no, I love Sam so much. No, good for it, him though. He, you saw his kids. Yeah, two um, two girls. That's that's crazy. Good for yeah, him, that, dude. good for him. Good for him. Sam doesn't that. shoot blanks apparently. No, actually, I thought I was reading why I was like, man, I've had sex with a lot of women without condoms. Like, what would it be? And then I looked up. I took Accutane as a kid because I had really bad acne. You can't tell. I've pretty good skin i took accutane as a skit as a kid and they said that that affects your uh your sperm count as an adult or it can i just drank mountain dew by the two liter there you go like <laughs> i think that is probably had something to do with it too or we're just lucky men i know we're just lucky men we just didn't that was not the choices that uh the illuminati above us wanted they didn't want little master trevors running around at least not anytime soon right Oh, that was hey, If Sam Tripley can have kids, we can have kids. Don't scare me like that. <laughs> He's also at 48. Something so like we that. So got, we got some time to, you know, still fuck off and have a good time. Oh, until yeah. the day I die. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing as, a, you know, a trauma expert I've recently listened to says I have 20 less years to live because of, you know. Oh, don't say that. My dad was a tra- was in trauma and he lived to 80, 82. Well, maybe he would have lived 100 something if it wasn't for uh, that. Yeah. Well, it was the fucking war. That's different trauma. <laughs> that's trauma you can't really like like an actual war in world war ii not just like oh yeah there's people fighting in the streets it's like oh my city got flattened yeah yeah like oh hey i was part of the civilian populace yeah yeah my dad got away he he dodged literally bullets yeah getting up here crazy thing like if you're dead you know maybe you stepped in the wrong direction you wouldn't be here yeah for real yeah. And he, he had to escape. Like he wasn't just like, and not just cause it was his city was under, you know, attack, but he had uh contracted polio and he was really young. So if the Nazis caught him, fucking 
gone. So yeah, and, and we've got Jewish blood on his side, but he wasn't Jewish by you know it was actually Jewish blood. It wasn't like the religion that like he was. Yeah, but the, the problem is the Nazis didn't care if it was. Yeah, but that, 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 back then they have twenty three and me to check. You know, he didn't have the little fucking sticker on his arm, so he just. But he got lucky. He lost his brother and sister that were twins in the war, though. So, yeah, that was, uh, he told me that first time he told me that story because I was, people were like writing, it was book reports from that shit or stories, or whatever, and you're a kid. And all these people wrote it on, and I wrote it on my dad, you know, because I thought he had such an, such an interesting life when I was a little kid. And I wrote like my, my story on my dad. People wrote it on like, you know, the, the famous people back then, you know, Walter Payton or, you know, some musician or whatever. And I'm writing about my dad because I just thought it was so cool what he'd been through. Because it's so different from my friends. My friends' dads were born and raised in Naperville or Downers Grove and went to college and met their their college sweetheart at, you know, at, at a dance and then got married and got into finance. And it's like, no, not my dad. <laughs> my dad's a German immigrant that escaped Nazi Germany and, uh, met my mom when she was 17 you know and it's like had a bunch of kids and moved all over the fucking country and world it's wild yeah it was pretty wild i mean yeah that the whole generation was much wilder than they let on yeah oh yeah i mean they were fucking everywhere you know and i feel like this this younger generation is kind of grasping that but just not they're having less kids which i think is the one thing about millennials are doing right less kids good and they're traveling they're also like living off the grid, but then they want things because they want them. And it's like, oh, well, I want, you know, not everyone. I know plenty of millennials that fucking bust their ass and it's not just them. It's just the the ones chirping and they're, they're traveling a lot. They're, they're, they're maxing out credit cards and working to travel. And I think that's super cool. That's that, that you're experiencing life at its fullest. But then you come back and you're like, oh, I'm broke. Like, okay, live in your parents' basement. I don't want to. I want, I, you know, everyone should have the right to go to college. And I'm like, I don't agree with that. College is overrated. Yeah. Yeah. I know plenty of people that went to college and are, will be will die in debt because of college. Right. That's not even fun debt. Yeah. And it's like student loans and student forgiveness and you should forgive that. And I'm like, forgive what? You making a choice that you signed all this? Like, what about my debt? Do I get a forgiveness? See, I disagree with you there because when did you incur your debt? I uh, when I got stabbed. Okay. That's the only money I owe, and it was a violent crime against me. Right, that's wrong. Right, but two wrongs don't fucking make it right here. Right, these kids are in a lot of cases being conned into these student loans at eighteen when they don't fucking. Did they explain those kind of finances you're, to you in high school? You're absolutely right. Yeah, no, no, you're right on that, hundred percent. It's no, you're, you're right. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's. Because they're not, we're not being taught in school econ and how to manage your money. You're, we're being taught algebra, which I still haven't used to this day. Oh, you probably have used some of those critical, th- critical thinking skills. Like, it's I more just, about the. I use Google for that. <laughs> well, but it, it's algebra is actually pretty useful because I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's more than just letters and numbers stuck right, together. Right. Yeah, it's like geometry. Like, not everyone's using geometry, but like, if you get into a trade, you're using it constantly. And I use geometry. Geometry is parallel parking, essentially. You know fitting you know, a, this piece between these two pieces you know oh there's a dick joke there somewhere yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i so i i retract the thing about the whole fuck everybody and their their school debt i you know what i don't give a shit doesn't even actually affect me 
No, and if you see, you know what? If you could get your school debt wiped out by Bernie Sanders or or who else is out there? Donald Trump, I don't, whoever the fuck's running, go ahead. Do you? Well, and the thing debt. about it is the reason they don't want that. Besides, it's a for-profit system. Yeah, for these student loans, is that is part of the big reason they get young people to enroll in the military? Yeah, is free college. Yeah, why do you think there's a besides healthcare being for-profit? Why do you think? And there's motivation from the government to keep it for profit. Yeah. Because, hey, if you join the military, you get free health care. Yeah. I mean, join the military is not a bad idea. Just the whole yeah, potential but it, of being killed or killing people is right. Meh. Well, that's not, not a good. Fan. Not, that's not good. And it's also yeah. it's like if you're coming from certain parts of this country, if that's your only, yeah. only way of bettering yourself is to have to kill or be killed. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. fucking wild. I saw Renaissance Man, Danny DeVito, 1995 film. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I just And I'm not knocking anyone who makes that choice. I'm no, just saying that it's a tough choice. It's kind of fucking yeah. like, hey, this is the only way you're going to be able to better your life. Yeah, that sucks. You know, that sucks. And then or being swindled into a, you know, an obscene fucking, you know, you know, uh, Student, College, loan. Yeah, student yeah. loan and the thing about it is that may not better your life yeah you may just have a ton of debt I, how many people do you know that have college degrees are actually working in their chosen field i think one exactly and he's a teacher but that that's what pe- people want to be a teacher they want to be a teacher it's not like oh i'm going to get my business degree and be a businessman and then five years later they're like you know fucking hucking chucking wood or whatever i don't know what it's called chopping wood you know being a lumberjack i don't yeah lumberjack. it's a horrible analogy right there fell i fell flat i think it's because there's, there's no coffee in me anymore just, just grinding out. <laughs> that's my drug of choice <laughs> see i think you can still do cocaine you're you're yeah. allowed to you're allowing yourself stimulants so yeah yeah <laughs> just the hangover is different no it does uh, i've I mean, less coke i've yeah i've i've my my timeline of of, of my career choices have, have been different i've always known what i wanted to do but i was after high school, I got right into corporate America because it was cool. It was sexy. I didn't have a degree. I was went from high school to College of DuPage, which is a community college in, in DuPage County. COD. COD, baby. College of Dreams or College of Disappointment, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. And I mean, there's some interesting people that went there, John Belushi and uh, some and whoever else. But um, I actually, Bob Odenkirk went there. I don't think many people know that because he graduated high school early, went to COD for a little bit, and ended up going to Southern Illinois. Because he he said, I remember he was on a talk show years ago. He said he went to Southern Illinois because he wanted to be the smartest guy in the school. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know anything about Southern, he probably was. Cause mm, Bob, Carbondale. Yeah, Bob's a very bright man. And uh, But yeah, six months out of high school, I was uh, got hired as a junior recruiter, entry level job as a head or a headhunter's assistant, junior recruiter, just sourcing resumes, and I did that on and off for like six years, seven years. I was a working IT professional in high school. Yeah, see, there you go. Like, so my dream as a kid was like, I want to make video games. Oh, I'm gonna take programming classes. I hate programming. Yeah, I hate programming. What language were you learning? It was at the time basic C. Oh, okay. COBOL. COBOL. Yeah. COBOL. Oh, fucking COBOL. C, C, basic yeah. COBOL. But the problem yeah. was my first computer programming teacher was monotone oh. and felt the need to teach us the history of programming, like punch cards, magnetic disk, hard drive, shit like yeah. that. 
And I'm like, I'm a working IT professional already. Like I had at that point was working in Rotary International's IT department. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, so I'm like, I really don't need yeah. this outdated technology lesson. Can we get to the program? And then yeah. I learned <clears throat> programming is not for me. Like, yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially at the time, like I just didn't have the attention span to sit there and knock out code. Yeah. I mean, it's still something I struggle with this, to this day when I'm editing. Or yeah. like, I'm like, ooh, social media. I'm like, yeah. But I'm engaged with the content I'm editing, so it it allows me to focus on it versus code. Yeah. Which is garbage until it's completed. Yeah. I fucked up the job at Rotary. I mean, I fucked it up. Yeah. And then I was unemployed for a little while. Then I worked as a break fix tech at a small computer shop for years off and on. Where were we're at? In Evanston. Okay. Because I worked in Rolling Meadows for like two years. Yeah, Rolling Ghettos. Rolling Ghettos. Yeah, Rolling Ghettos. I worked in the the big gold building next to the Pepsi building. The J, I think it was the JBA back then. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. worked break fix, built new systems, did that for a number of years, left that to do high speed internet installation. Oh, what company? Uh, Maritech. Okay. Uh, Maritech. Remember RCN? Yep. I worked for them a few years later as a sales guy. I uh, worked for Comcast for a while at one point, too. Jeez. Yeah, do I. Uh, Nothing more fun than climbing poles in the middle of winter. Fuck that. Yeah, I was a cable guy for a while. Left the cable company to form my own IT consulting firm with two friends. Hmm. Got ripped off by our investors. Of course. I was 19 19 or 20 at the time, so like had no concept of the business end of things. Like just took these people at their fucking word. Yeah. And it just it was garbage. It was absolute garbage. Like I put myself in debt working for a company that I supposedly owned. I had no ownership stake in it. Yeah. Uh, one of my partners is like, Hey, you know, I actually filed the paperwork for our investors and they didn't give us a stake at all. Jesus. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It was so poorly managed. It was, it was bad. Like I ended up delivering fucking pizzas to yeah. make ends meet while yeah. I was working during the day for a company that I was supposedly supposed to be an owner of. Yeah. I got, I had a, Similar thing. I was I was working in a recruiting agency, and it was straight commission, hundred percent commission, not even a draw versus commission. Draw versus commission for anybody that doesn't know is basically that the company loans you money, and then when you book a deal, they take the money that you that you borrowed from them, and they take it back. It's an advance, basically. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's basically they a way to pay you, or there's straight commission, which companies that do that they give you a higher percentage of whatever you book. And uh, I worked at the company for a while that was straight commission. And I was really excited because the way they sold it to me was, you know, this is recruiting. This isn't some, you know, like. This isn't working for Geico. Yeah. Or, not, is, or was it uh, Affleck that yeah. had, will take anyone as a salesperson? Right. It wasn't some hokey pokey company. It was, it was a legit recruiting agency. And I, I know some of the guys know of some of the guys that started it. And they came from a big company. And I was like, okay, cool. And after a while, I was like, I, I literally said, I go, I can't come into work every day and not get paid. They're like, well, that's a you agreed to the strict. I'm like, yeah, but you told me one thing and it's not that at all. I'm like, there's so much restructuring going on. There's people walking around. It felt like boiler room, like the, the weird energy walking around the room. And I'm like, is this company getting sold? Like I knew something was up. And then one of the, the sales guys, of course, you know, made a shit ton of money. He's like, hey, he's like, um, I don't want. You know, they said that you're, you've been, you want to stay working here, but you also, 
need money because you're having a hard time? He goes, I own a pizza place in Naperville. And I was like, oh, which one? And he was like, Hungry Howie's. And I was like, you own that? He goes, yeah, I'm actually looking for a part-time manager. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, I'll do it. He goes, really? I go, yeah. And we worked out hours and pay and it worked out. And it was like, so I'm like working in this recruiting agency and like with high level people and then having to go work in a, like a little pizza shop as a manager full time just to get paid. So I'm doing two jobs and getting paid for one. Sound familiar? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's literally half. I'm fucking going to be 42 years old and I'm getting paid. Oh, it feels like a little bit more than I got paid, you know, fucking 15 years ago to run this place so I can do this other thing for free practically. And I'm just, and you know, it's like, and it's so strange. Like I look at it now. I'm like, I've come so far yet. I'm kind of doing the same fucking thing I did. No, I feel you on that. You know, because of something I believe in, because I truly believe in this and I do, I'm not shitting on myself. I actually believe in what I'm doing. It's but just, everyone looks to take advantage. Yeah. And people think that I'm like, of course, I. what do I do? I go out and buy a nice fancy, not fancy, but a nice car. And then it's just like, oh, he must be doing great. I'm like, no, I just. No, he lives in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just manage my money differently. Like the money I spent on booze and drugs, I all that money I had, like all last year, I had a good, I saved up a lot of money. And then. Oh, what you're telling me is I should have asked you for more last time I did a gig for you. Motherfucker. <laughs> well, I, I saved up money to get a car. And I spent all that money going back and forth to Chicago. It was depleted. I had spent all my savings. So I started building my money again and and just like, how do I do this? And I worked nonstop when I would. So I'm back for this for a month or two and I work nonstop and I just, all I do is work. And then I save my money. I'm not spending it on anything. When I'm buying anything, I basically have the same clothes I've had for the past five years. And then I save, 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 save. And I was like, this is what I want. And it was just, and it kind of the same thing happened. So, but it's, you know, it's, it's just bizarre. Like what you, what you will do for free because of a dream or because what you want. You oh, know? I know. I yeah. know. I mean, and this show doesn't generate a ton of money. Yeah. And you're finally getting paid, you know, and that's the thing is yeah, I'm finally getting paid working for other people. Not necessarily yeah. not doing, you know, I make some money on this. Don't, don't get me wrong. Drinking buddies, but <laughs> it's not like. <laughs> You know, I'm definitely not generating 1% of what Rogan generates. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He does well. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm not even a fraction of 1% of like what some yeah. of the top podcasts make. Could there be some things that change up in my business model to generate more money? Probably. Yeah. But I, this, in the grand scheme of things, I've definitely put more in than I've gotten out of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And eventually. Monetarily. Back. Yeah. Not, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing that everyone says it comes back. You just never know when, and it comes back in its own way. You know, it's just like energy. It comes, it, it, it's like a wave. Like sometimes the wave comes, you see that I'll look at waves. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fucking beast. It's coming. And then it, once it hits the shoreline, I'm like, really wasn't that big. And then, and then see, every once in a while, there's an undertow that just fucking pulls you yeah, right. Like, what yeah. the fuck was that? And then there's some that it doesn't look like a massive wave and it just hits the shoreline even really hard. I'm like, this is, it's interesting. This is stuff I think about a lot when I'm out there. Cause I, I try to get to the beach once a week for people that live in, in, you know, Hollywood, West Hollywood areas that are, you know, a lot of people, 
it, it's it's so helpful for me because it kind of re, recharges and I reconnect with stuff and I just sit there and I just think about everything and I take everything that's happened that's happening in the world of nature because that's kind of where it all started to a certain degree and try to implement in what's happening here and it's just like waves of of ups and down peaks and valleys you know peaks and valleys are you know mountains or hills that's our fucking life in Hollywood peaks for and sure. valleys. Yeah, but like, on that note, Trevor, it's actually going to be last call. Last call. Where can they find you on the socials and all that fun shit, folks? Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me at Trevor Kevelo on all social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's at T R E V as in Victor O R Kevelo K E V as in Victor E L O H. You can find my comedy club at the Dojo of Comedy on all social media. It sounds just like it is. It is just like it sounds. Uh, the dojo. Um, yeah. And you can always find me at uh, Sunset La Brea, Sycamore Tavern, uh, upstairs of the Dojo of Comedy or downstairs in the Dojo Annex. I'm always there. I should just move in and live there so I don't have to pay rent anymore. Um, yeah. Come in and do a fucking mic. Yeah. Come and do a mic. I, it's six nights a week. I've got shows five nights a week upstairs, Tuesday through Saturday. I executive produce every show. I perform on almost every single show. And it's fun. It's a great place. And we have free parking and excellent food and drinks. They do. I love it there. Big fan. And as always, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook. You can find the podcast at And Now We Drink on Twitter and Now We Drink underscore on Instagram. Until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. (laughs) 